Wrestling Geeks doing out there welcome to another episode of wrestling geeks alliance a weekly show if you're a new listener in which me and my amazing co-host christopher brother ray Patton, break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and provide you with reviews on all the shows that you know we decide to go over it, it's up to us chris you're here with us i believe uh what are you doing how, how are you doing how's it going Yeah, let's let's restart that. I caught my headphones on a uh, cabinet. All right, let's leave it in. I caught my headphones in a cabinet. Give me a second. See, I'd rather have a little bit of comedy to start off. Eases it into that. Uh, but uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm walking by, and this cabinet jumped at out at me. And I just got murdered. It was like Stone Cold Steve Austin, 97. You don't even see it happening. Next thing you know, you walk around like, oh, quarter stoner. I'll call. So that's what that's what just happened to me. Uh, it's, uh, hey, it's the holidays. Uh, belated happy Hanukkah to everybody. And, uh, hey, Dane, how's your week been going, man? You know, it's, it's been going good, man. It's a little bit slow uh, because, obviously, the holidays are about to break out. I get, I'm off uh, starting next Thursday through the next week, so looking forward to a little bit of uh, R&R, easy work week this week, and uh, my girl's coming from Florida to come visit me, so I am all sorts of excited. And then there's also wrestling and the new Spider-Man. Actually, life is great, Chris. Yes, and for anyone out there that hasn't seen it already, if you're a listener of this podcast, you should definitely check out the Dane Rants Review of that new Spider-Man flick. It's up there. It's up on the Facebook. Go check it out. Geek Vibes. Yeah, it's it's a preview. Me and uh, John are going to be doing a review on it as well. Uh, probably we'll record it Monday. But um, yeah, dude, it's a uh, it's it's exciting. It's a really good movie. I definitely recommend going to see it and listen to our preview before you go and see it. And look forward to our review that me and John Kalina do uh, next week <clears throat> at the beginning of the last week, um, the week of Christmas. It's such a special week, Chris. Just people out there spending money, beating the shit out of each other. Kind of like pro wrestling. Uh, on a scale of uh, Winter Soldier to uh, Aquaman, where do you rank this? It is, honestly, I'm not trying to hype it up. Um, oh God, it is up there. It's going to be up there for Spider-Man movies, and it's going to be up there for comic book movies just in general and for the mcu it's just a great fucking film it was a lot of fun a lot of fan service but they did a, a good job of applying it right you know like a good submission hold and, and, oh, oh so like we're, we're already going into the daniel bryan match oh that the brian danielson uh, the american dragon match no i'm kidding <laughs> let's talk about wrestling let's go 
All right. Well, actually, you know, we have a couple news items to cover, and maybe we should start off with that because there's a couple things off of Dynamite. Dynamite didn't have many shows because of the first match that we're going to talk about. But there's two things in general I wanted to talk about uh, that happened on Dynamite. Obviously, I would say the first one has to be uh, the match between Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, and the AEW champion. Uh, what you gonna call it? Uh, uh, wow, I can't believe Hangman the Adam Page. Man. <laughs> the Hangman Adam Page guy. And uh, you know, Chris, uh, I just want your overall thoughts. Um, it's. It, I thought it was a tremendous match. Well, we're gonna get into what people had a problem with, and that was the ending. But um, they went. They went out of Broadway, baby, if you will. So this was a hell of a match. And I'm going to, like, maybe tell it from my niece's perspective, who they don't realize what a time limit draw is. They watched one match for one hour, essentially, and got no finish. So they hated it. <laughs> and um, their dad, he he was like, I don't understand how Brian Danielson is a heel. Like, he's so likable. There's nothing heel about him. I'm just like, hey, he's a bad guy now, man. Gotta love uh, Hangman. But what what a hell of a match. Like, it, it went to what I thought it was going to be. I think I predicted time limit draw. Um, they did it very well. I didn't expect it to go an hour because with the time limit draw, you can, on TV, you can kind of make that number whatever you wanted it to be. I thought this would end the show, not begin the show. Like I thought they were gonna do like uh they they've they do it with Kenny Omega I'm trying to remember where they did like there was like 20 minutes left uh, so I thought they were gonna end the show with it but uh what a hell of a match man it's gonna be the next match which I'm assuming is gonna be on a pay per view uh now they know each other they've wrestled before they're gonna they've saved a lot for the next match I don't think they went too over the top in this one and um. God, man, Daniel Bryan's or Brian Danielson's amazing. <laughs> he really is. WWE, the fuck are you on about? Like, how did you, you just you should have gave this guy money and let him go to Mexico or whatever the hell he wanted to do? It's embarrassing. But this was an amazing match. Uh, one of the best things I've seen in wrestling in the past month, for sure, easily. Yeah, I think one of the best matches. Uh that we've had this last year. And I, I see the criticism from people that I know a majority, I'm not trying to be you know, rude about this, but that don't, because I mean, my generation is not even used to it only honestly, but not understanding the time limit draw. I can see why people were so aggravated, but it's like after that performance to know that that's what you got, it was opening the show. I mean, the last time this happened was the half hour one with Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. So if it starts off the show, I think that's a dead giveaway that something's going on. I kind of expected them to extend this to the next pay-per-view. I wasn't expecting, you know, um, this to be the ending. I thought that that kind of would have made the whole entire feud flat. But they actually had me believing within the match, even though I was really, uh, you know, positive about the idea of Hangman Page continuing his journey as champion, even saying that Brian Danielson can lose a loss, and that actually helps out, you know, with that building. Um, 
I just thought it was an excellent match. Uh, I, I, man, I mean, we'll go over, we'll, we'll try to like recollect some of the spots in general, but those guys kicked the shit out of each other. Yes, they did. This is a grown man match for sure. And uh, the only reason I th- I thought about it the same way as you, because going in, I thought it was going to be a time limit draw. I was surprised they opened the show with it, because how are you going to have a TV time limit? Like, how are you going to have a TV time limit draw? And there's an hour left on the show kind of thing. So that threw me off a little bit. But um, looking at it from like my niece's perspective, who you know, they're young. They haven't watched a bunch of these Iron Man matches or time limit draw matches or whatever. They were just like, what? <laughs> so I can, I can get people's arguments of it. But as far as like the in-ring stuff, it was great. That's probably what I would have done with the finish because AEW doesn't, DQ, doesn't do DQs. I, it, this might have been a spot where you could have done a DQ finish for the first time. and It would have been fine. Um, or just a run-in or something to interrupt the match. But a hell of a match. It was great. Yeah, there was so much craziness. Those guys put so much stress on their body, to say the least. Brian Danielson, I mean, you know, we've talked, there's been comparisons, you know, obviously because of the technical standpoint of Dean Malenko's, Chris Benoit's, Bret Hart's, uh, man, it, it's it's almost like he's a fucking Billy Robinson. Like he might be a little bit smaller in frame, but adheres more towards those wrestlers of the 50s and 60s. Uh, you know, like your Luthezes, like your Billy Robinsons, in the sense that he's he, he can put people in holds. They were definitely nailing each other. Uh, Paige, the one thing I will say, and I've said this about other wrestlers, I think everyone needs to watch. Um, how Eddie Kingston throws a punch and how Brian Danielson does a forearm because when he does it, it's snug. It looks like it's, you know, it, it hits them. There's a lot of impact. Um, and it kind of shows the other person's not doing it. You know, it, it, it just looks weird, but I, that's like a small nitpick. This match, all the flips that fucking Adam page, who do you think Chris is more like do we have to worry about more between fucking Adam Page and Charlotte Flair from doing uh, like 50 million goddamn moonsaults and shit in the course of their matches. And they're both tall. Charlotte. It's it's definitely yeah. Charlotte because no one can catch her. Adam Page is only working with top tier people. So at least at least you don't have that part to work worry about. Um but Man, uh, I love the setup of this match, the build of the match. Like, I don't know. Do we, do we just want to go straight into it or do we want to hold it off? Because there's a lot of in reading psychology I loved about this match. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of throw it to you. I, I love the uh, technical work. I love that uh, Brian Danielson obviously was going for Adam Page's arms. And uh, really trying to actually just break down every part of him, but was going signature back to those arms and just just the the intensity of him and the relentlessness. I would say Brian Danielson looks like he could do this. You know what I'm saying? Like this would not be a weird thing that a guy that Adam Page's size would be fucking, you know, broke down and almost crippled by someone like Brian Danielson with his ferocity and technical work. Yes, and to play off of that, Adam Page did a good job of taking the leg out of Daniel Bryan's leg. He kicked the leg out of his leg, 
which they've built up for forever of be or like the past like what four or five weeks of him kicking someone's head off you have him taking out the leg it's just they were both good at the submission moves they they used there were some wrestles here and there but I, when this match ended i didn't realize an hour had passed and that's the best thing you can say about a match that lasts an hour you know like it, it, I, I don't even know. Like, Brian Danielson was retired three years ago, right? Isn't this insane to you? He was supposed Has to be he, done. You know, we're, not, we're not there yet, man, but is Brian Danielson <laughs> going to be in your top five? Because I can tell you, he's probably going to be in mine, and he hasn't won a championship. He's gone up for a bunch, but between his ending in WWE at being at WrestleMania, fighting Roman Reigns and Edge... And now entering here and having all these excellent matches, he's got to be one of the best workers in the industry again after retirement. Oh, it's so hard to put him in my top five because, like, two of those spots are going to go to New Japan. So it, it would be hard to put him in my top five. Um, he's there, but then there's people like, you know, like Edge, for instance, and... uh I mean, like it, it, that top five is going to be very difficult. I can't wait to talk about that on our year in show, which everyone should listen to for the listeners out there. He might make it for sure, but that that's going to be a difficult one to talk about because like you have the Kenny Omegas of the world who's like, hey, I have a torn labor. I'm going to carry it. It's like PWI, gonna, man. Like who the hell do you pick out of the two of them? Like they both were the two guys I think were top superstars this last year. I don't know. It's going to be crazy. I'm, yeah, I mean, Omega had two good matches with Brian, so maybe I would put him over in my list with over more than Brian um, because he also held the title the entire year with the torn oh, lady bro. I was talking so. about Roman and Omega. Kind of like PWI had that issue this year with their top two. Just because Roman's been in every high-profile match, beat every fucking big person in his organization yeah. uh and still pulling the brock treatment you know kind of being there when he needs to be there yeah oh, i i mean omega might be my number one this year to be honest so yeah like i said everything is shift it's it's so because omega wrestled in so many different places and had so many different good matches with so many people it's like roman's storyline is great and he's definitely going to be on my in my top five but it's it's not what Kenny Omega had a hell of a fucking year. <laughs> we'll see if he's able to come back from it. That's that's the that's more of the question. He's wrestling with a hernia and a torn labrum, so he's gonna he's gonna be out for six months, is what they're saying. And a torn he's, labia. Remember, we found out that information. Oh, from Jim Cornette. Yeah, that makes sense. Goddamn. <laughs> I don't know, Jim Cornette. He should have said that when they were talking about that. That would be funny. <laughs> just kidding, guys. Like he doesn't have a torn labia. I, I just made that stupid joke last time, so I was trying to bring it back up to pop. Christopher, so. <laughs> Some comedy over assu- here. <laughs> I just assumed that that is something Cornette said, which made the joke funnier. <laughs> Cornette's pissed at us now. He's like, you're, you're, on, our, you're on my stick, <laughs> kids. <laughs> you dumbasses. Uh, yeah, man, but uh, just... Going back to – actually, you're right, though, about Kenny, man. I mean, the three championships. 
I got I got to stay on that for a second because it seems like and these are kind of like little mini things that we could kind of like throw in here before we, you know, just, that's how we do. We kind of jump around, you know, jump around, jump up, jump up to get down uh, House of Pain style. But uh, it seems like there's two wrestlers in the industry that are trying to do the same. We have Matt Cardona, who was at the last NWA uh, event attacking Trevor Murdoch as a heel and wanting to go after his belt. And then on Impact, he's the babyface going after Moose for his belt. And then, uh, what you call Diana Perrazzo right now. She showed up at Ring of Honor's event, which we will get into in detail, but I didn't want to forget this. Um, and challenge their champion to a match. And she has also a championship match with Mickey James for the Impact title to try to win that back. And she's a AAA women's champion. So, man, I guess he started a, a trend by becoming Kenny Three Belts and beating Becky. Huh. <laughs> Matt Cardona's out here living his best life, man. We talked about well, it last yeah, week. Yeah, he is. Uh, Those two, dude. him and Deanna, man, are killing it in the industry outside of AEW and WWE. And and they're very important, especially to like the indie scene, like GCW. Is GCW the same thing if Matt Cardona doesn't show up and have a death match? You know, like, nope. and he's playing such a great hill. He's traveling. Uh, he's fighting everybody, old Matt Cardona, and being a dick about it. The the only thing that's weird about him is like you have like happy Matt Cardona opening action figures, and then him calling Detroit a B town. <laughs> Cardona, which is a little weird, but he he's doing. I mean, he he makes me think that like a territory system, which is what Triple H was talking about wanting to do, is plausible, right? Yep. Because if if you have a guy like Matt Cardona and everywhere he's been has been great, it it makes a lot of sense. And you could also say like if you hate Matt Cardona, I get it, but you could say Filthy Tom Lawler, who's also doing this and. Um, you know, New Japan Strong is uh, as well as um, oh, what is it? EC3, Black Black, uh, yeah, EC3. All these people are kind of carving out like a little niche that we haven't had in a long time, where they're like, we'll just go work indie shows. And uh, I mean, a lot of this is is on Nick Gage's back, so I'll, you know, take that for what it is. But like GCW might yeah is bigger at this point than ring of honor um which ring of honor is is maybe dead and gone who knows we 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 don't know what the future's gonna hold in one year but i mean if they could get some tv uh that could be bigger than impact and it might already be bigger than impact because it's hard to tell with streaming numbers um but people love that shit and uh, a lot of that was Matt Cardona, I think. He gassed them up a lot. Not to take anything away from anyone else that's in G, uh, GCW, but definitely I think it, it brought the eyes to that product when Matt Cardona showed up. And it was like, he's going to oh, yeah. fight Nick Cage? He's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely didn't help you know, involvement with people like John Moxley having people like Nick Cage and all their other, uh, you know, guys. But then they're also getting the Briscoes involved and just good choices. Uh, Mance Warner, just a bunch of crazy redneck fucks from different parts of the globe. But yeah, man, I'm going to uh, just one real quick question before we go back into the match. The Something completely separate, but doesn't matter. That's how we roll. Um, 
could Matt could babyface Matt Cardona beat Moose at their next pay per view for the Impact title and possibly heal Matt Cardona ha- get the NWA championship from Trevor Murdoch at the na- next pay per view and also that with Deanna Perazzo with Mickey James for the Impact title retaining that and then beating uh what I forgot what her name is uh uh Roxy for the Ring of Honor championship is this gonna happen are, think- are they gonna collect some belts. I think they might collect some belts. I think all of this stuff is plausible. Uh, with Matt Cardona, I would turn him heel on Impact, and uh, yeah, maybe dude. have him fe- maybe have him feud with his boy. Uh, with him. is it Myers, Brian Myers? Yeah, man. Turn so, Brian so. babyface. Ooh, that's kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, turn 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 Brian babyface, and uh, also like him screwing over Moose, like Moose's. He's a built-in baby face, man. He's stuck with that company through thick and thin. Like, I don't even think Impact fans want to boo him, right? I, I know he works better as a heel, technically, in the, the sense of what a heel is. And he's finally the champion, too. I don't know if I want Matt to beat him, because he finally got that damn belt recently. <laughs> I'm fine with Matt beating him, especially if it's like <laughs> heel Matt Cardona, because he's, he's out here living his best life, and I think that would only help Moose. Honestly, if he's chasing the belt kind of thing, getting screwed over by Chelsea Green and uh, maybe even bring Myers into the mix. They have like a little faction. But I I mean, the end result, I I do want like a title Cardona versus Myers match at some point. But uh, I don't know. It's impact, man. It's weird. They'd never do anything I want. (laughs) Not for the last 15 years. So who knows? So how about. How about Deanna? Can she? She's already the AAA Women's Championship. Can she get back her Impact title from Mickey James, who, by the way, technically works for NWA, uh, and also capture the Ring of Honor title, becoming basically the next person from Kenny of getting three major belts in the industry? And will she put her attention to her best friend, maybe in the future, who has another major title over in AEW? Every time we talk about Deanna Parasso, I'm like, how did WWE fuck this up? Uh, yeah, Jesus I think she Christ. get the title back. She could easily get that title back, right, from Mickey? I mean, this seems like they're building Mickey up for, like, I have it. They have their Hall of Fame coming up in a couple months. They do that near WrestleMania, so I don't know if Mickey is already inducted, but I'm assuming they're going to do something there, and then maybe she drops the title there. Would be my guess, but uh, to Deanna's already held it on Impact, right? So it's not that big of a deal. But it's, man, it is crazy. Like, the indie scene is as close to what we would call the territory system as we've had yeah. in a very long time. Like There's um, very important belts in different places that are smaller but still prestigious. And then you obviously have the top-tier ones within New Japan, I would say AEW and then the WWE. But, I mean, it's great seeing, like you were talking about, GCW, uh, Ring of Honor even as an entity with just championships, um, Impact, all these things where it's like people get to play around and actually show, collect belts. <laughs> they get to collect belts. And Deanna, honestly, Chris, I'm going to say it. I think she's going to beat Mickey. She's going to get that Impact title. Then she's going against, uh, you know, uh, Roxy. They're putting all the titles on the line. Roxy's not getting that fucking title. She's, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it right now. Deanna Praza will be 
not only the AAA Women's Championship, Reina Del Rey, I think is, I believe is what it's called. I apologize if it's not. She's going to be the Impact Champion again for the third time and the Ring of Honor Champion in the next couple months. And I think Matt Cardona, he'll definitely get the NWA Champion, but I don't know if he'll beat Moose for that other one. So that's that's my predictions on it. I mean, those are great predictions. My only th- my, my, the only caveat would be like, Matt Cardona as your champion is probably bigger than Moose and have Moose chase it um, to build up matches. But because if Cardona just loses right out of the gate, then it kind of kills everything else he has going on. But I love Moose. Well, since, so he's, he's, since he's in the reverse where he's the baby face in that situation, they can have him lose in some type of way where Moose, you know, does something heelish and then extend the feud if you want. You know, that helps out Moose and then Macardona can come back, maybe go heel like he is in NWA and GCW because he just gets over the edge. Because I guess this last week, I don't know, but like Chelsea Green got quote unquote hurt during their mixed tag match. So he was pretty pissed off about Moose. So he's he's looking like he's getting more aggressive over on that platform, Chris. Yeah. So with Macardona specifically when you look at like the landscape of impact do fans really want to boo moose like he's their guy so if you've been if you stick stuck with impact this long if you're one of the 200,000 people that watch the show um it kind of makes sense to just turn him heel in my opinion like have cardona you know fuck moose's yeah. world up in some kind Moose of is like but, uh, Impact fans' uh, version of The Rock, basically. <laughs> I, I mean, he way. really is. I mean, he falls into that same category as a lot of Impact guys, like AJ Styles for some period, and and uh, Samoa Joe, where it's like you don't, you don't, re- even if they're a heel on the screen, they're not really a heel <laughs> because they stuck with they stuck with the product as long as you did. <laughs> You know, so it's it's one of those things where you could do anything you want to with Matt Cardona. And if he's going to be a heel everywhere else, I don't see why he wouldn't be like hitting Moose with a low blow and like a roll up pin or something. But uh, Deanna Perazzo, she's dude, she's going to be the belt collector for sure. I think she's one of the best female talents in the world right now. Um, And it's just WWE, bruh. <laughs> Basically, how how did you miss on this person so hard? They missed, and let me just say this: they missed on Chelsea Green, they missed on Tessa Blanchard, they missed on Deanna Prazo, and they missed on DMD. So what the what the fuck, you know? <laughs> God. And speaking about DMD, I feel like there is a good chance that if Deanna does become the three champion bell collector that she will have some interaction over on him or maybe sometime in the future. Because I know that her, like the both of them really want to interact with each other and dude, that's a good counter to the AEW women's champion and the ring of honor impact triple a women's champion. So. And don't be a hell of a people, match. people out there trying to be Ultimo dragon invader from the fucking late eighties, early nineties, man. <laughs> maybe there's too many belts. <laughs> <laughs> or, or 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 Jerry Lawler when he had the uh, WCCW championship, the Memphis championship, and did he have the AW, AWA at the same time? I don't remember. 
I, I mean, I don't know who's left out there that doesn't have a belt that's a big star, but like your gimmick should just be going and beating the champions and never winning the title. It's non-title matches. <laughs> Dude, that would be awesome. That would be such a great concept. Like, I beat all the champions. <laughs> yeah, like Dan Housen. Dan if you're listening. <laughs> Dan Housen, if you just do it in roll-ups. Just do it in roll-ups and just beat everyone. I'm sure somehow I'm sure most people would be down to actually do that. <laughs> yeah, like especially if they're not dropping the belt, you know, it's like Dan Housen beat me on a weird roll up. He oh, shook no. teeth at my face. It's his, scared. And, and his 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 reasoning is like, why would I want their belts? I have a belt. It's codes up my pants. Like you know, just stupid shit like that. <laughs> it's stupid. This would be amazing. Do you see how good this gimmick would be? Because we have all these belt collectors. Just one guy, he beats everyone. He's right? the championship champion beater. He's the oh champion my. beater, but he doesn't have a belt. Is like the best. I mean, that's I'm what like NWA crying. would do. Like they would bring, you know, they'd bring guy in. like they beat he beat our champion, but he didn't like it wasn't for the belt or they would do a time limit draw or something. So you could totally do that. I think it would work so well. Dan Housen's a perfect guy. I was like beer city bruiser. <laughs> yeah. Your suggestion so was realistic. Mine was yeah. fucking stupid. <laughs> no, but no, Dan Housen actually makes more sense because he, he would do something like shake teeth and then hit a roll up on like Cardona's got like two belts and he hits a roll up. With a broken leg, because Danhausen. <laughs> We're uh, Fanhausens well, of the Danhausen on this show. We are definitely Fanhausens of the Danhausen. And uh, speaking of which, he would have to roll up in this situation, I would assume, the AEW champion, uh, Hangman Adam Page, who, as we were talking about before going that little tangent, with a with a fun little talk about Danhausen being the champion beater, uh. Him and Brian Danielson, man. So, like, let's go in details of the match itself. Uh, what are some stuff that stuck out to you? The biggest thing to me, honestly, is that bump to the outside where Brian Dan- – they've done this before. Brian Danielson moves, but ugh, I would rather go through the middle of a fucking table than hit the corner of it and just smash between the concrete and the table jabbing into my ribs. <laughs> God, that looks so painful. Name some highlights from the match that you want to talk about, buddy. I mean, the the biggest one for me was the ending, where he finally hit the buckshot, and uh, you have that that drastic count, but the time runs out. Like that's that's the biggest spot of the match, and uh, it's one that Great makes ending. me miss Jr. It ma- it makes me miss good old Jr. And there's a lot of moments in this match where I'm like, damn, I wish Jim Ross was there. Honestly, not that the commentary was bad or anything, but he's just so good at selling how much this match would have meant, you know, and he's called a bunch of Daniel Bryan matches in the past. It would have been it would have been perfect. But there is a lot of good shit in this match. Mostly uh, Daniel Bryan got chopped a lot, as he always does. Does this man even have a chest anymore, Dane? That's the real question. Does does his chest even exist? Jesus. He put uh, Adam Page through the fucking ringer, bro. Like between I mean all the stuff outside where he quote unquote split him open. I like the the the, the work of uh Excalibur then explaining that their posts are different than most wrestling rings, quote unquote WWE. 
uh, theirs are, are cornered so that when you hit them, it's much more devastating than just hitting, obviously, a circular surface. But, you know, he's busted open. They do all this type of shit. You know, like I said, he did a moonsault. He did another moonsault, ate shit, and then he did another third one at some point, too. Uh, but these guys, like the, the fucking, what was it? Was it a su- superplex off the top ropes? Or I don't remember, but there was three times I thought that Adam Page, maybe it's because he's that good of a seller, legitimately hurt himself because they were so <laughs> fucking violent and just kicking the shit out of each other. Maybe it was the no, and also Brian Danielson scared me after he got that tombstone too. Uh, that was uh, because you, as a wrestling fan, Chris, is it true you kind of pay attention to like the referee just kind of slowed down, he's checking on Brian Danielson, then he's going back. Like obviously he's giving you know telling whatever from the back or just checking on him. But you know when they go back to Brian Danielson, I think it was like three times. I'm like, I hope he didn't get fucking hurt just now, because that's what we're gonna worry about every goddamn time. But I still love him for doing what he wants to do. It's it's great. Yeah, I didn't I I I figured that would they were just playing that into the storyline because he he tucked really well on that tombstone and and Adam Page who or is just absolutely incredible in the ring and and lifted him up so light. It this is like a wrestling clinic. Everything they did looked so fucking good. Like and there's some rest holds. I mean, they went 60 minutes on TV. When's the last time we saw that? With commercials. And I honestly, I mean, if you're not talking about the, um, what are those matches on on, on uh, WWE where it's like multiple people coming out? Seth Rollins really fucking beat or did a really good job in one of them. God damn it. Gauntlet matches. Besides that, I don't remember. Like, was Kenny and, and Pac, was their um, Iron Man match not too long ago, like a year or so? Was that an hour or was it 30 minutes? Because this has to be one of the longest. This this was an hour Broadway, baby. This was my idea within the rest of the industry, baby, to create tension and continue feuds, baby, there. We go on Broadway, baby, if you will. I think they did it because they did it at the end of the show. So I think it just time limit draw to the end of the like actual show. That's why this was, that's the only thing I would say about this match is you had a time limit draw and it's like, it was the first match should have went on for two hours. I would have watched, I would have watched these two. I mean, I wouldn't want that for those two performers, but like I would have watched that for two hours. And the the thing about it is like it was so fast paced, and like it never felt like you were watching a um, an hour long match. Like it, me and you both love the Sean and Brett Iron Man match, and we've talked about it on this mm-hmm. podcast multiple times. Being like one of the reasons we love Sean and Brett so much is that match, and it's so great. But they definitely didn't have that fucking pacing this match had. <laughs> You know what I mean? Or like it definitely didn't have like Omega, like Okada pacing because these guys were just full tilt the entire time. And and if they had to hit a rest hold, it always made sense with what they were doing in the ring. And if you go back and watch the Sean and Brett match and and we're a little spoiled, I guess uh, now because there's so many of these good, good ass matches. But like if you go back and watch that Iron Man match and then you watch this match, you would. I would say this is a better match. 
which is, you know, kind of crazy because it's one of my favorite matches of all time. Well, one holds dear to you like it does me when it comes to nostalgia. <clears throat> but the things that people are willing to do nowadays. See, back then, you know, Shawn Michaels going for a super kick and then Brett getting out of the way and him nailing some person that was a staff member. That was crazy. Then he did it a million fucking times, and they've done stuff like that in wrestling so much more. I remember <laughs> Sean does a Hurricane Rana, or maybe it's a Frankensteiner, and Vince has no idea what the fuck to call it within the match. <laughs> well, he he makes up Scott, something. He's scared of Scott Steiner, <laughs> so he doesn't want to. <laughs> so so th- it, that's what I'm saying. It was like it's it's evolved so much since then, and I I, I think that Brett – had better matches than the Iron Man match in his career, specifically with Stone Cold and his brother. And I think that Sean had better uh, matches. In his, but it's, it's it's iconic. The match buildup, the match itself, they, it, it, it put a lot of stuff. But this match, I mean, damn, they beat the shit out of each other. And I, I think there's just a difference, Chris, in like nowadays when it comes down to it. The WWE model of the Iron Man match is similar. I'm not saying the Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle one is exactly like the Shawn Michaels Brett one, but they have a process. They, they, they perfected the Iron Man match, that concept. Uh, New Japan has a different concept when it comes to just beating the living shit out of each other, but the, that's their strong style, you know, kind of in, is, is within this. This reminded me of an old school American fucking wrestling match. Like you would have with flair, like you would have with Barry Windham where it, you know, our Broadway's, you know, both a draw, and that's what I really appreciated, that it, it adhered, even with a modern style, more to one of those style matches uh, than the other. Because they're all different. I love them all. Uh, I love New Japan style. I love Iron Man matches in WWE and Gollum matches, for that matter. Uh, but it's just different. And this was an uh, excellent match. And I'm sorry, people there didn't uh, didn't like the ending, but you had a one hell of a fucking show beforehand. And people complaining out there. If you're younger, I don't have any sympathy for you because I know that um, I know like the, some people were saying like, well, you know, if you're more there for the entertainment stuff and, and, and the and the promos and the build up, I'm sorry if you are there for that, but you're not there for the actual wrestling. I don't know what the hell you're watching pro wrestling for. That's my attitude towards it. So, I mean, Tony Khan told us this is what we were going to have. That's why people got behind it. It's supposed to be wrestling ass wrestling. Right. That was like the whole gimmick when AW started. He's like, we're going to do a wrestling show. <laughs> there may be some other I would stuff, say so. but we're going to do a wrestling show. And uh, yeah, this was one of the best TV matches I've seen in a very, very, very long time outside of like uh, someone else that we're going to talk about here. Adam Cole, maybe um, this it just it felt like a bigger event because this match was on it, and that's what they were going for with it being, um, you know, like last year they had Sting, you know. So like, how do you go from there? You're like it's sixty minute match with Daniel Bryan and or Bryan Danielson and uh, <laughs> the Hangman, and it was great, and and they worked their asses off, and uh, you know what? If you were in the building apparently when that finish happened. You heard the chant of five more minutes. And that's if you're a performer, you just wrestled 60 minutes. That's like getting the encore. Like if you're Metallica or something, you know, like you played you played all your hits and shit and people are like, no, but like, can you guys play like one more song? 
you know <laughs> so to me they nailed it um and i i would say like watch this match didn't watch the sean and brett match and then like break it down because like you like you said there was a lot of stuff that sean and brett did that was just didn't happen back then like sean hitting a moonsault like 30 minutes into that match was crazy because he just never did it right this kind of has the same feels of that and uh everything is going to be held to a very high standard because of kenny omega and kazushiko okada and they're just nuts i mean dragon suplex off top rip it's not many people that are going to be doing that shit but um this is great it's fucking great i loved everything about this and like i heard that like the ratings dipped and they came back up and like i don't care about the ratings watch the fucking match it's great if you like wrestling this is definitely a match you need to see it was fucking good really good i agree but you know like we said we'll have to see where both those guys end up on our our end of the year i don't know if we're going to do as many categories as we've done before in the the past, especially last time. I think we did every fucking thing, like best gimmick and shit. Uh, we'll, we'll figure out the parameters. Some of them will be top fives. Uh, wrestlers, stuff like that will be top tens. But uh, I don't know if we're doing matches, but this would definitely, at least to me, uh, be fucking up there. Uh, Kenny and, and Brian Danielson as well, their match. And I don't know, uh, Dragunov and Walter 3. There's been some really good fucking shit this year. When we finally got crowds back, Chris. I mean, Takagi is going to be up there for me if we do top five matches. Yep. So it, it'll be interesting. As always, it'll be very interesting, especially if you factor in. We had we kind of had a G1 this year. There was a lot of good shit in that. Um, there, I mean, what a crazy year of wrestling. Getting the fans back finally and, and having these guys have these incredible matches and seeing some of our favorite wrestlers. I mean, I know like the American Dragon's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, probably. Seeing him kind of come into his own is incredible. It and if you talk about the beginning of the year to the end of the year, he was at WrestleMania. <laughs> He's been dominating the whole fucking it's crazy. <laughs> It, it's it's just, it's a weird year, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of good shit to talk about for sure. All right, well, let's go to the other big thing that happened. I would say on that program, and it was a promo involving Adam Cole, Bebe, uh, and the Young Bucks, and um, you know, Mr. Bobby Fish, and they have a Christmas present, like a little box, and they said that on the big Christmas show, uh, they're going to present that to the Young Bucks. All right, I'm just gonna say it. I don't know this, but then Kyle O'Reilly, of all people on Twitter, put a uh, I, I think he put the seven meme of what's in the box from Brad Pitt. Uh, so I'm just going to say it. I don't know what exactly is in the box. I would think that it would be pretty obvious to wrestling fans, especially insider ones like us and basically the AEW fan base, I would say, for a large majority if it's a red dragon. And then Kyle O'Reilly comes in and they beat the shit out of them and Adam Cole says, you dumb pieces of crap. You think I forgot what you did to me right before I left to go to New York or whatever he wants to put it because the fucking stupid online show where they quote-unquote killed him, that's not what I'm referring to. If you remember his outing on Ring of Honor, he was in the ring, and then he was instructed, this is on the last Ring of Honor show, he was instructed to look at the screen 
Marty Skrull was on it, and then he showed up behind them, hit him with an umbrella, and hit him and the Young Bucks, and I believe Kenny beat the shit out of him, and they dragged his ass out of there. So, yeah, going back to that would be awesome. You could position the Young Bucks, I guess, as a babyface team, but I think that people are going to get behind Cole and uh, Red Dragon, no matter even if they're the heels in this situation. But I think that's where they're going. I know that that's asking a lot, but if it seems like, you know, that would make the most sense, Chris. So Kyle O'Reilly having a he has a 30 day, right? Because he was an NXT contract. Nope. nope he, he didn't get fired. He he actually, you know, worked the whole entire uh, end of his oh, contract. So- Okay, so he's he's able to show up whenever, and we're getting big show ups next week. That's what that's what I have heard through multiple outlets. Uh, you know who has a problem with Mr. Adam Cole? Jay Briscoe. <laughs> so if you're telling me in the very near future, I'm gonna get like Redragon back together. The Briscoes fighting Redragon in the Bucks and FTR. I'm down, dude. I'm I'm in. I'm in. They they sold me. It's gonna be the best. So do you think though that Kyle O'Reilly is that present basically, and that this is gonna be Adam Cole turning on the Young Bucks with Red Dragon? This, yes, because they're gonna be. It's happening this Wednesday, that Christmas one. So. Yeah, I, I, I would mean, assume if you guys are going to see the Briscoes show up and you're going to see Kyle O'Reilly show up. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I'm thinking the same thing. And uh, I mean, God, what a, what a tandem that is just <laughs> in ring wise. Like, how does AEW get so much better <laughs> than WWE? Like, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, no, I think that's a good prediction, man. I, I think you're spot on with that one. And I'll say another person I'm predicting. I don't know if they'll show up next Wednesday, but the House of Black uh, little uh, segment, there seemed to be more than one person, but maybe it was just one, but they were wearing a mask. It was almost like the, uh, what was that television show that was popular not too long ago uh, with that was a uh, Korean made, um, I don't know, the, the bad guy in it wore the stupid mask that was like a crappy Dr. Doom mask, but looked something similar, and at the end of it, it looked awesome, by the way. It looked like a fucking creepy-ass video that Rob Zombie directed. I love Malachi's brain. And his face paint now looks even cooler. And he, sp- he sprays black mist in a hooded person's face and says, now you will be much more than a king. Well, former Ring of Honor contracted wrestler signed with AEW. <laughs> and his name is Brody King, who's one of the closest friends to uh, Tommy End. And is actually the tag champions with Malachi Black over at PWG. So it looks like if 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 uh, Malachi is the HBK in another situation, Brody King is going to be the Diesel for him. Yeah. So you brought this up last week, and I kind of I I don't want to say poo pooed it, but like it, we were talking about maybe Cody or or some of the other people that he had sprayed. Um. What was what was it the get uh, the varsity blondes or whatever he sprayed that girl and uh, it would have been so far I think Pac was sprayed recently and so was uh, what's Julia Hart yeah but like the bastard Pac 
and uh, Brody King as like a little faction with with Malachi. That's that's awesome. I'm down for that. And Brody King fits he fits that niche, I think, where yep. it, where it would work. So and he's a hell of a fucking worker. Jesus. Dude, like I said, AEW just keeps getting better. <laughs> it is crazy. I have thoughts about uh, NXT, by the way. Uh, you know, uh, Team Jacket. <laughs> oh, God, dude. You know, and the sad thing is, uh, I forgot what his name is, but he looks like he's having fun. Kushida looks like he wants to punch himself in the face with a rock for leaving the abilities <laughs> to do the Super Juniors in fucking New Japan, and then travel over and do Ring of Honor every so often. He would have been able to come to fucking AEW, too. That's the sad part. It it started with so much promise. You're like, Ikevinjiro and Kushida, that's the tag team. Okay, cool. I'm like, alright, that sounds great. And they're like, <laughs> but, like, what if they're time travel jackets? You're just like, Jesus. I, it, they're like a fucking bull in a china cabinet. What they don't break, they shit on. <laughs> Like, oh god, <laughs> it's uh, I feel bad for Kushida. All right, that's neither here nor there, <laughs> but god damn no, it. but that was our AW and NXT talk for this week, so uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, let's move on though to some fun subjects. Let's go over well, it's not really a, a the best of fun subjects, and we've already kind of talked a little bit about it, but. I definitely want to talk about Final Battle uh, last week, the final pay-per-view for Ring of Honor. We previewed it. I thought that was excellent what Tony did by providing talent and also a bunch of past stars to kind of cut promos, which is, you know, maybe I shouldn't have thought so grand, but it was nice to get that as well. Also, Impact, you know, Scott Demore supplying Eddie Edwards and I think someone else, and then NWA sent down... Uh, I didn't watch the pre-show, so I didn't see the uh, the two matches, but I will say that it was nice of them to send down uh, the Hex to fight with Chelsea Green against uh, the Allure and Miranda Ali's. Uh, so, yeah, great to see a couple companies. You know, that's I love Scott Demore, I love Billy Corgan, and I definitely love Tony Khan. I think that they get wrestling and that the, they've shown that they're willing to work together. I think this was really good. All the... The love sense, all the all the all the surprises, uh, end up being, I think, Chris, an excellent show. I agree. I thought it was a very very good pay per view. The only caveat I would have is there was not enough delirious. Yeah, he he should have kind of done something. That would have been great. Like it, at least in the title match, insert himself into the, the final title match or something. I mean, like the guy has carried that company on his back for a long period of time, and it it feels like he wasn't recognized on the final battle. And maybe like you know, looking back on it years later, we'll be like, well, it makes sense, right? But as a fan, I was like, no fucking delirious. The guy, guys have like all these five man matches, no delirious. Like really. Um, but outside of that, it was a, it was a really good pay-per-view. And, um, like you said, the call, the call downs or call ups, I guess it's almost a call down, right? Cause it's ring of honor. And they were like, this is our last show. Uh, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk killed it with their promos, and especially, uh, Brian Danielson. Sorry. 
uh, I thought his was really great because he was there from the beginning. And um, I cried a little bit, not going to lie. Because it's the end of Ring of Honor, man. Like, this is it. Like, I know stuff happens on the show is that is going to continue Ring of Honor into the future to some extent. But realistically, this is the end of Ring of Honor, and it, it hurt my heart. Yep, and I was wrong last week, so I apologize. I thought they were taking off a year. What their plans are doing is they're going to go ahead with their April uh, pay-per-view, but that's still not confirmed. That's what the goal is. And right now, within the company, obviously no contracts are going forward, but the wrestlers with the belts can go and defend them on any other platform. So it looks like that's why we will be seeing these belts pop up and these champions state champions within the industry april they'll try to get back together if they don't like i said i could definitely see see unfortunately for ring of honor the assets being sold and you know i, I don't know maybe that they'll, they'll keep on doing events maybe they will become like an entity like pwg it just depends on this is not up to you know um some of the people you know gary silken this is not up to delirious this is not up to even joe cop i would say this is up to do we want to pump money and do an indie wrestling program uh you know behind this so we'll have to see and they'll have to make some big money in april if they decide to go on with that pay-per-view which i think they will so this is a little bit of uh outside of ring of honor but i feel like we need to talk about it with the news uh kevin steen We'll we'll, we'll we'll get to that uh, because okay, I have that as a news item. Because when you're talking about like people that would want to buy Ring of Honor videotape for superstars they've had, I mean, I I don't know what that money looks like, but I would assume the WWE has to go after it. I think it's going to go between AEW and WWE. I think that's definitely going to be the two people trying to. To get it, I would think. You know, if AEW does it, they can start their own streaming service and have a lot of their stars, you know, have their past stuff within one catalog. And they'll own All In, which is owned by Ring of Honor, part of their library. If WWE gets it, they have now even more content for their shit, and they fuck over AEW in the process, so... Sorry, we can talk about it a little bit later, but uh, no, you're good. It's it's just something that it came to my mind, and they have some of the bigger Ring of Honor stars still on, still on their roster. Surprisingly, like even though they've gotten rid of like the Adam Coles of the world, but like Samoa Joe is still signed there. AJ Styles is still signed there. Kevin Steen is still signed there. Yep. You know, El Generico is still signed there. So there is a lot you could do with uh with that so expect a bidding war i don't think ring of honor is going to be an actual thing <laughs> come april i have zero faith in and them actually trying to be a company yep i think pwg rev pro and gcw are kind of different and like like they're the ones without weekly shows that do well with pay-per-views but i think that Ring of Honor is something that needs to be more like Impact by having a television show and pay-per-views. I don't think it will be like Evolve, basically, where it will slowly disintegrate. Because PWG's in California, that's a big thing to go to, especially if you live there. 
Um, you know, so they always do good for their gate and their pay-per-views. Same thing with Rev Pro and GCW is the only hardcore entity out there to that level. So uh, Ring of Honor needs television is what I'm saying to survive. They need to be yeah, full time. Especially if they're going to stick with for honor or without honor kind of matches and, and trying to do what they do. Um, I'm, the biggest the biggest dagger that happened that was the access TV deal with, you know, Mark Cuban selling access to what was it, Sinclair. I guess it was Sinclair. That that also falls on the, the New Japan, like breaking into America kind of fuck you guys. <laughs> you have to work with us or there's no TV. And they end up working together anyway. So it's it's like, why? <laughs> why would you? Uh... Yep, I agree, man. But uh, let's let's go into this pay-per-view. Uh, I had no comments of the pre-show because I completely missed it. I'll just be completely honest, and I didn't go back and watch it, so I apologize. Chris, did you watch anything from the pre-show that you want to comment on? I did not. I watched the full show uh, the next day, that next morning. So apologies for the pre-show people. I'm sure they had some good matches. All right. Well, the first one, I thought they started with the banger, man. You have CMLL New Japan legend Dragon Lee, who's been – Kicking the, you know, I think he won the TV title, I believe, throughout the course of this. They obviously have the uh, group uh, with him and his brother and his father and uh, Kenny King, um, just just doing some awesome stuff. Then we have Ray Horace, who showed up on AAA and then started showing up on other platforms, made his way to Ring of Honor, was in a group with Flamita and also the ex-champion Bandito. Uh, so they just this was you know what this reminded me chris this reminded me of monday nitro where lucha libre was first shown to us it i feel like everyone kind of tried to project off lucha libre and make it more grand and that's sometimes one of the problems i have with modern wrestling where it takes me off when it just gets too much um but i definitely think that back then they made sense of it and i thought that uh, i mean i thought that ray horace and and uh, Dragon Lee had an awesome match, and I think the the right person went over. Dragon Lee won. It was less than 12 minutes, but a fun, old-school Lucha Libre match. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, if you like spots, this is definitely your match <laughs> to check out. It was really, really good. Dragon Lee is incredible. Uh, I think I, pick, I, I predicted Dragon Lee to win, right? We I'll both did. Oh, I'm right. Yeah, okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> Dragon Lee's incredible. Um, it, what do you, what do you do with Ray Horace? I, I mean, I know he's going to go back to AAA, but like, I don't. I feel like those are two stars you can't do more with. So they need to go to somewhere else. Uh, it's not going to be WWE. So other companies out there, give these guys a contract, please. The the only thing I will say that is a good thing. Uh, with Conan being so involved with business and booking AAA now has this influx of a ridiculous amount of talent. You know, they, they have some of the biggest luchadors that came over here with access to, you know, Ray Phoenix and, and, and Pentagon, but also, you know, LA park, uh, all the guys that came over here from ring of honor and WWE. So now he's able to do all 
these super matches for his events with all these huge talent members. And he has some, you know, some more uh, basically, you know, Kenny coming over there, obviously, and FTR coming over there. So all this access and then being able to share those wrestlers for certain matches with he seems to only be working with MLW and AEW. But I, I do think that someone needs to grab Bandito specifically and Roosh and put them in full time, maybe in a bigger company. But still the access with AAA. I'm very happy for Conan, and I'm sure that he was somewhat happy about all this in a very bittersweet sort of way, Chris. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't disagree with that. Um, we didn't really – we talked about Triple Mania, but we didn't go into detail. But L.A. Park had the biggest pop of the entire night. Legend. <laughs> He's like – it was like a Sting-level pop for that crowd with L.A. Park. So do something with L.A. Park, please. AEW. I would love to see it, man. I'd love to see him in Pentagon because they've had great matches in the past because there's a lot of comparisons. Um, so I'd love to see the two of them have like a ridiculous match because he can still go, man. And if you want to see L.A. Park, he's on MLW a lot. Him, They have the tag championships between him and his two sons, and they're awesome uh, together. So, oh, man, you know, I just thought in my mind, Chris. The L.A. Park versus L.A. Park. <laughs> No, the chairman, so L.A. Park and his two sons against the gun club with Billy Gunn and his two sons. Give me that match at PWG or some shit. <laughs> that would be good. Like, I feel it's it's so weird to watch Billy Gunn now because he has to change the way he works because <laughs> everyone's so much smaller than he is. He's basically he's basically fucking Kane. <laughs> and he's AEW. so he's so good, though. But, yeah, we, we kind of forget that. Um, all right, so Rhett Titus, Dalton Castle, who was the Ring of Honor television champion, put it up against, like I said, Rhett Titus, uh, Silas Young, and Joe Hendry. I thought this was a good match. It was short because it was only eight minutes and 15 seconds. But I thought if anything was going to happen, I think you did say Rhett Titus, and I could be wrong, uh, you know, but I thought it was going to be Dalton retaining or maybe Silas grabbing that title again. So I was wrong. Good no, match, I had though. Dalton Castle. I had Dalton retaining, um, but like I have no problems with Rhett Titus, and uh, that's a uh, another cast off from WWE. Rhett Titus is great. It's a good match. It was very short. It felt like a TV match for sure with the, the length of time they gave them, and it, it did seem rushed at times, but it was a good match, and it falls in that like, hey, it's a three man match, so I'm. Unless it blows my mind, I'm not going to remember a whole lot about it. Yeah, agreed. All right, we had the Ring of Honor Pure Championship on the line. The champion, Josh Woods, who is a part of the foundation, um, beat uh, the man in the main event, Jonathan Gresham, for that title. Uh, he went against Brian Johnson, and it was a good match, man. I really I like the aspect of the Pure Championship. I think it really makes it more of like a boxing-style concept. And I dig it. And uh, Josh Woods is good. He's a ex-collegiate wrestler, uh, you know, has really butted a relationship with Jonathan Gresham, obviously, who has a similar style than him. He was just featured 
he didn't defend the title because you got to do it with pure uh, rules. But he went in and uh, was on dark uh, this last week uh, going against someone. I believe he beat them. So Josh Woods looks pretty good. He's a good-looking dude. He's scary still. He has an MMA look to him. I think that any company could do some stuff with him. And this is only the second time I've seen him fight. So uh, And Brian Johnson looked really good as a heel. He was a dick. He was persistent. So 12 minutes, 58 seconds, right shy of 13 minutes. And Josh Woods retains over Brian Johnson. Good match. Uh, I thought Brian Johnson looked like a million bucks in this match. And maybe that's just me, but this was a really good match in in general. Um, But, like, I don't know. He would be a good heel for, like, an impact kind of thing. I think he might be going there with what happened after the uh, EC3 uh, tag match, but we'll get to that. Um, Yeah, I agree, man. Great heel work. And that's the thing. It's like Brian lost all three of his uh, his rope breaks very shortly into the match. That was playing throughout it. But he kept on, you know, either getting around the ref or doing stuff blatantly in front of him, you know, just heal his shit and was smart about a lot of his spots until obviously uh, Josh Woods got the better of him. But uh, good stuff, man. I love I, I, I really do like the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Also, Brian's selling was incredible in this match. Yeah. Like, every, anytime he got in an awkward situation, it was like Ric Flair 91. <laughs> like Really just, good heel. Yeah, super overselling. He was like, oh, no, I done fucked up. Uh, it's great. It's a good match. All right, so we had Shane Taylor, Kenny King. These guys are best friends. They split off. They've had an on and off feud for a while. Kenny King is in the same faction. It's whatever Los Cinco Bonables is called in Ring of Honor. I forgot. Um, but Shane Taylor has his faction, kind of like a modern nation of domination. And it's a fight without honor match. Lasted 18 minutes. One of the longer matches, if not the longest match on the card. And look, it's I like Shane Taylor a lot. I think that he's great on the mic. He's a big dude, but he can he can really work. He kind of reminds me a lot in a lot of ways of Eddie Kingston, and I know they're good friends. I could see him doing a lot of good stuff in an NWA, AEW, Impact, MLW. He'd be good anywhere. Uh, Kenny King, ex MMA fighter, also really good. This was a grudge match, but. The thing about it was, Chris, I thought they did too much. I thought it was like there was a million fucking table spots. So it's I, I understand you're doing the fight without honor. But when you do like throw them off three onto three ladders, which, man, Shane Taylor took a gnarly uh, ladder bump on the outside. Just fucking just nasty. And then I, I believe he gave a pile driver to Kenny King on another one set up. But it was a lot of plunder. Shane Taylor won, and then they embraced and hugged at the end of it. So I thought it was a – I've seen a couple of their matches against each other throughout the past, uh, so I thought it was a pretty good ending, you know, to a feud, basically, Chris. Yeah, would you rather this have been just a straight match? Yeah. Okay. That That's kind of how I felt. When or I if they had a hardcore match, just have a brawl where there's, like, maybe one table that gets introduced or a chair, but they're beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, it 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 felt uh, it it didn't gimmicky. I mean, it kind of gimmicky. That's a that's a good term for it. Yeah, but uh, it was a I mean, it was a good match. Like Shane Taylor's a great wrestler, so um, 
I don't know. I I, I kind of tuned out watching this like midway through because it just became like we're setting everything up and, and everyone knows that listen to the show. I'm not a big fan of these match. I mean, I watched, I watched a bazillion of these with ECW and, and yeah. like later WWE. So unless it's something mind blowing, it's going to be really hard for me to care. I agree. No, I totally agree. Uh, all right. So the next match for the ring of honor women's world championship, the newly crowned after winning a fucking, uh, you know, tournament, Roxy uh, defended against Nightingale, who is signed over at MLW, uh, but good wrestler, you know, especially like a tank wrestler in the ring, but also extremely fast. These ladies had a 10-minute match. It was pretty good, and then we already talked about it. At the end of it, after Roxy uh, defeated Nightingale, uh, Deanna Prazo came out and said, look, I think you're a good champion, but that belt means a lot to me. Uh, Just giving kind of some context behind that. I think, I believe what it was, Deanna was in ring of honor. She was trying to get a championship set up. This is a long time ago and they just didn't really like the idea or whatever. And then she left for WWE came back, you know, did all what she did. So that championship, it means progress, but it also just, you know, kind of where she came from. Uh, so, she wants that fucking belt. She's saying, hey, I'm putting this one definitely on the line, the AAA Women's Randell Ray Championship. I'm going back to Impact. I got a match with Mickey James. I'm taking that belt back from her. And then I'm going to put these two on the line, if you'll put that one on the line. Winner takes all. Roxy was very fast to shake her hand for it. So that's what they're setting up. Uh, and Deanna, man, just the, her presence, her poise, she's got it all, man. Yeah, I like, I mean, like we talked about earlier, I feel like it's still crazy to me. WWE missed on her. <laughs> like, it's like throwing a like if you're a blind man throwing a dart or something like I, I don't like at a giant ass wall. It's like she's going to be great. <laughs> like, I, I still don't understand how they missed on this. This match was OK. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Roxy, but like I like Deanna Parasso. I like what they're building towards, and it carries over what we were talking about earlier with maybe like kind of territory wrestling, um, and maybe her being a belt collector. So I guess we will see. But did you actually like the match itself? Like I thought it was fine. I don't remember it. Okay, so yeah, it was just it was kind of just there. Sorry. I agree. <laughs> All right, so we have the eight-man tag team match, is what I was talking about beforehand. Violence Unlimited, Brody King, Homicide, who was great to have in this match just in general. Tony Deppin and Rocky Romero. Uh, with It was supposed to be Chris Dickinson. Rocky, they got him to step in because Chris got hurt, unfortunately, so he was in their corner. They went against EC3, Eli Izzam, uh Taylor Rust, Tracy Williams, um, and, uh, this was a good match. Uh, it was, I didn't really understand cause maybe I haven't kept up recently, but, oh, oh, God dang it. Chris knows what the sound of that is. Damn it. 
I love my cat, but she just puked on my blanket. I'm so sorry that that was on friggin' <laughs> tape. Uh, <laughs> it makes you feel hey better have a kitty on my lap right now. How, how did you like this match, Chris? I gotta do some cleaning. Uh, let me try to drag this out. It was yeah. Break it down for me. Sorry guys, that, that was really it, unprofessional. Break it down. Uh, it was okay. I mean. I kind of expected more with Tony Khan coming out and saying that like they're going to have, I thought there, there may have been like extra people showing up to this giant match, this eight man match. Um, EC3 looked good in the match and, and hot sauce, Tracy Williams, which I think will be the hottest free agent uh, for next year. Look good. Uh, but outside of that, like there's not, there wasn't a huge. The one thing this pay per view, I, I think, hurt this. Pay-per-view. It was more about what happened after, huh? Exactly. I think that's like a lot of what this pay per view was. Is you know, you kind of wanted more from the entire pay per view, and I felt this way like maybe up until you know uh, when we get to the Briscoes. Um, it just it didn't get to where I wanted it to be, and uh, this match was I mean it was a good match, but it's also a multi man tag match, and it's not really my thing to begin with, so uh, it was fine, I guess. <laughs> I I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe I'm just rambling, but uh, like no, you're good. I can't I can't think of like one moment in this match that I thought was great. I thought EC3 selling was pretty phenomenal um, i'll say that homicide doing that spirit to the outside and getting a beer big reaction was fun and his old ass shouldn't be doing that shit no more he walks he's got the matt hardy walk you know <laughs> he's like uh, he looks like a dazed boxer before the match starts uh yeah yeah that was a big spot um yeah th- is he this, the only originator a- on the on the on the card I mean, I unless, you, said, unless Jay Lethal wasn't at the beginning, right? I mean, one of the originators would be someone we're going to talk about a little bit later uh, with a video promo. They definitely didn't do the show like me and you would have probably done the show if it's going to be like one big blowout. Uh, but yeah, I guess Homicide would be... I'm I'm thinking on this card, you had... Yeah, no. He probably was one of the only originators. If you take out uh, Brian Danielson, who has a promo. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a lot of them. I'm talking about, you know, wrestling. The promos themselves were all great. I liked seeing Eddie Edwards say something. I liked seeing... There there was a bunch of them. Obviously, CM Punk, Brian Danielson really stuck out like we talked about. Um. But it, it was good. It was a good celebration of uh, of Ring of Honor, uh, at least getting some words from some people. Apparently, they asked Loki to do one, and he said, go fuck yourself, Gabe Sapolsky. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell that means, but uh, whatever. You know, shit happens, right? <laughs> Gabe Sapolsky's not even there, bud. But I know, look, he's, he's a crazy person. I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm just yeah. kidding. That was a joke. Oh, I thought he actually said that, because that does sound like something. Because you like could see him doing that. Yes. 
All right, let's move on. <laughs> How to much what money? Go fuck, go fuck yourself, Sapolsky. And like Delirious is like, what do I do with this? Like, it would probably be more he, said like this, like, mm, go fuck yourself, Sapolsky. Yeah, he's he's got that weird monotone like Terminator voice. It, the weirdest part to me is like, I I felt like. It wouldn't have hurt WWE to let their stars do this. Like it wouldn't. It, people, would, it would put like good Kev, faith. Kevin, it's especially because what it ended up being versus what me and you thought might happen, where they're going to insert people into matches. But if it was just video promos, there's no reason why you couldn't had like you know Kevin Steen or even an appearance of El Generico from Honduras taking care of the children. <laughs> That would have made me pop. <laughs> yeah, but I agree with you. Like, you know, Tyler Black, you know. Cesaro. Like, there's no reason why you couldn't – they couldn't have done something. And, I mean, this – I mean, there's some big-ass names and uh, have carried a lot of WWE in the past year, specifically Seth Rollins and, and Kevin Owens. Um, but, like, there's no reason – maybe – I don't know. I, to me, it's like if you're Kevin Owens, this is a big part of your career, and he seems like he's a very but, nice guy. Did he have this conversation real all? quick? Do you mind if I comment? Because I don't know what you're talking about. I created all these guys from scratch at this thing called NXT, and now okay. Dad took it away from me. <laughs> well, I guess it becomes very irrelevant if WWE buys all the licensing and can do whatever the fuck they want with it. But uh, yeah, it, it was cool seeing like Brian and, and Punk show up, like we we alluded to earlier. But man, it's really weird to not have like Adam Cole or like Kevin Steen or El Generico or Cesaro or Eddie Edwards. Some like, there's show. so many. Samoa Joe, like the Samoan name Joe. No, Eddie was uh, there. Oh, oh yeah, he was. Never mind. You're right. Yeah, sorry. Um, hey, I'm Eddie Edwards, and I'm from Boston. Sorry, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I'm Eddie Edwards, and I'm from Boston. I'm from Boston I like to too. go with the. He likes to go to the wall, I guess. <laughs> hey. Hey, I, I like to go to the fucking uh, Habit Yard and get a fucking chocolate eclair. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's up with Jenny McCarthy's son? Fucking douchebag. All right, let's uh, go on to uh, probably, I mean, these two matches were my favorite matches. I would say that the uh, Dragon Lee, Ray Horace was up there too, but Briscoes had a war against OGK, Matt Taven, and uh, Mike Bennett. Uh, Maria Canales was obviously in their corner. The whole entire Briscoe family looked like they were fucking there, including Papa Briscoe in the front seat. Bunch of children just acting just ridiculous. It was great. It was probably a good population, I would say, Chris, from Delaware was at that event. And I think uh, that I called the Briscoes winning this match. I love the fact they won for the 15th time. Yeah, on on the ending, because I thought it was either going to be them or Jay. Like, they had to flip, because you have to give the fans something, right, uh, with some of these OG cats, and it was incredible. Like you said, the family being there. Like, did they just hire random people, or are they all part of the Briscoe's family? I want to message Jay Briscoe right now and see. Like, are those actually your kin? 
but he's gonna cut a promo on me. Yeah, man, they're, they're my kids. <laughs> All right. The this match was. I forgot about the Briscoes. Great. They've been there from the beginning, right? No. Uh, not not from the beginning where like uh, if you go back to when Brian Danielson was talking about being there from the beginning, the Briscoes were shortly thereafter. But uh, if you're talking about like the inception of Ring of Honor and 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 getting that deep, like the the one person that was on that roster that was there the entire was there from the beginning until he got signed up by WWE would have been Brian Danielson, which is what made his little speech. Super relevant. Um, Ring of Honor has a weird history, but when you think of Ring of Honor, like you think of your Samoa Joes and your AJ Styles and, and your your American Dragon, but they're not the people that I necessarily associate with Ring of Honor. I think of like Kevin Steen and El Generico and and the specifically the Briscoes and and Jay Briscoe's run as champion. Uh, so it was, it was definitely. It was cool, but it is like like going back like you had like Trent Acid, right? Would have been like one of the OGs of Ring of Honor. Rest in peace. But like going back to that original roster is super weird, man, because like uh like Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, they they were kind of there, but they were also just signed to Jeff Jarrett's company at the time that was doing like monthly pay per views. So this is about the same time, like two thousand five, two thousand six. So it's a, uh, I don't know, it's a toss up, and maybe my history is wrong. You guys can get at me, but uh, I, I definitely remember there was these videos they used to put out with uh, P.D. Williams. It's like Daniel Bryan, P.D. Williams riding around in a car with Cole Cabana. Those are out there. That that's some of the original Ring of Honor shit, and they were just basically vlogging before vlogging was a thing. And you could get it on tape trade or DVD or whatever. Um, hilarious. Definitely, if you if you're a Ring of Honor fan or a wannabe Ring of Honor historian, you have to go check that shit out because it's fucking hilarious. Petey Williams is a crazy man. Uh, so those those are some of the casts that I would associate with the origination of. Of Ring of Honor. Hell yeah! Shout out. Thank you for the little uh, trip down um, the history of Ring of Honor because there is a lot of their early stuff that I never even got a chance to see. And I mean, I've seen individual matches, but we're talking the beginning stages of some of my favorite wrestlers from this. And I think, Chris, we've talked about that. To give it back to you, you know, this Ring of Honor itself, and you've said it you know, just recently, but I would say is the number one organization when it comes to where, where future stars would become big names. And that's in the last 20 years. And I would put that over, uh, you know, whether it be Ohio Valley wrestling, whether it be impact, whether it be, you know, when it becomes to mainstream stars, uh, ring of honor, basically, had the biggest accumulation once you were off the indies ring of honor was like the next step for a while i mean i, I, I the, the only comparison you have is like ecw like signing guys like dean malenko and uh like juventud guerrero and um uh chris jericho and um uh lance lance uh get lance strong god and get his name lance out. storm uh 
Lance Storm, there you go. Um, you know, those cats were all signed up, and even more so. And, uh, I mean, the downfall of Ring of Honor is not locking these guys into contracts, which we bitch about all the time is these cats get locked in contracts they can't get out of. But, like, if they would have locked Kevin Owens into a contract or locked, you know, Sami Zayn into a contract, they're maybe the wrestling industry would have been a little different. Uh, Ring of Honor definitely turned out some superstars, like Claudio Castagnolia, which is Cesaro. You got Tyler Black, which is Seth Rollins. Kevin o- Kevin Steen, which is Kevin Owens. Sammy, you know, uh, El Generico, which is Sami Zayn. Like, these are all guys you see on your TV each week in big stars. Like, the same thing with Adam Cole. Here you go, AEW. Like, Adam Cole... Huge star, right? Started in Ring of Honor. Had feuds with Jay Briscoe and Kevin Owens. Like, that's wild to think about. Um, I mean, they were a catalyst for a lot of stuff. And and when the conception of NXT started, it was – the idea was to do a better Ring of Honor, which for a long time they did. And some of it was just we signed people from Ring of Honor – and I know it's way different now, but the idea was that was their competition was Ring of Honor for that show. And then it became AEW, and that's a whole different, uh, you know, thing that I, we could talk about uh, in the future or a different podcast or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, the idea was we're going to make a wrestling-ass wrestling show, which is what Ring of Honor always was. Uh, it, I mean, it had it, it, it at its core, it's still wrestling but it was more about the art in the ring and the fans appreciated that and uh i mean they have crazy gimmicks they do you know wrestling ass wrestling shit but it like even going back to when jim Cornette was there it was you know a wrestling based show like old school like think about like you're you wake up on sunday and you watch some you know early uh early turner broadcast <laughs> You're just three wrestling matches, like maybe with a little bit of promo here and there. Um, they they got this is probably not the proper term to they got talent raped, and they never came back from it. And they have great people there, like Cheeseburger and uh, you know like Dalton Castle, and like they had people that stuck with them, like Jay Lethal, but. If you Briscoes. look at the amount, the Briscoes, if you look at the pure amount of talent that company has lost over the years, it is absolutely ridiculous. And the only comparison would be ECW because ECW would find something great and they would immediately get signed up by somebody else. I mean, even to the point where like Raven got signed by WCW, right? And before that, before ECW, he was fucking Johnny Polo in WWF. So. Jesus. Uh, it's it it's I man it's so or sad. Scotty Flamingo. That was that what WCW. Yeah, it's yeah. Raven got a lot cooler. <laughs> it turns out, dude. Hit like the stuff that I saw between him and CM Punk uh, was awesome. But let's. I just want to mention just end end the conversation on this match specifically. I thought it was a really great match. I thought. Everyone kicked ass in it. I, it was great that the Briscoes 
got the uh, belts. It was babyface and babyface at this point because they've turned uh, Mike Bennett and um, Matt Taven. But just a good match. All the guys hugged at the end of it. Uh, should we get on to the after the match shit <laughs> with this one? Oh, and we forgot to go over. We'll, we'll do that for the last match, too. I forgot about the what, what happened after that. Yeah, yes, we should. And I apologize to the listeners out there for me waxing nostalgic on <laughs> Ring of Honor. I'm sad, Dane. I'm still sad. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Um, but yeah, so well, let's 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 go back a second for that eight man tag match. At the end of it, EC3. I think uh, I think at that point Taylor Russ left, Tracy Williams left. Maybe Taylor was still there, and EC3 was pulling up. Uh, Eli Izzam and, um, you know, uh, Taylor Rust and, and telling them to not fret. He called out Brian Johnson. He called out, um, I forgot what the other gentleman was. It's actually someone that I really like. Um, but anyways, we're just saying to him kind of this nonsense is very cultish and talking about defining your narrative so then after that, two other wrestlers I did not realize, and also some big guy that I did realize, uh, Mr. Adam Shear, the former Braun Strowman, came to the ring. They beat up all the guys in the ring, but then took them with them. Uh, so this, uh, this, this narrative concept is going to continue. I think it's going to, and without me knowing, just because there's been involvement with EC3 and rumors with Braun Strowman, a.k.a. Adam Shear, that this is going to go at impact. Maybe it will be like a Ravens flock meets NWO style thing, but we also know that Killer Cross isn't involved with this. So just uh, weird uh, in itself. I'm very interested on where it's going, but it was kind of random. And I'm wondering if all of them – oh, Dak Draper is the name of the other guy, the the guy that I compare to Mr. Perfect all the time when we talk about Ring of Honor. Um, <laughs> if this is going to be a, a big unit, uh, including the guys that got their ass kicked, or why did they bring them, or is it just you know uh, EC3, these two dudes, uh, Braun Strowman or the former Braun Strowman, and then Killer Cross? I, I don't know. I have no fucking clue. What the hell is going on, Chris? I'm confused. I have absolutely no idea on this one, man, uh, because like none of them earned a contract. I'm, I would assume something in Impact, right? That would shake I up would, Impact. I wouldn't necessarily throw Karrion Cross into that group because I feel like he needs to be a solo guy. It's, Scarlet Pedro is also released, right? Yep. I would I would probably put them back together and have him just being a, a big ass badass hoss and haircut promos if if it was me. But I mean, it depends. Like, how do you want to play this? If Ring of Water is done, um, do you show up as like NWO or whatever and, and do that gimmick? And does it matter on Impact? That's the bigger question. Um, I think Impact could creatively use some re- like some cult version of the NWO on their program. I think that actually that would be kind of interesting, uh, especially if you have names like EC3, potentially Killer Cross and Braun Strowman. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe they have a leader and the leader has his long ass fucking beard that we don't find out about for a little while with some dreadlocks. 
Uh, I don't know, man. They could do some weird shit with this, man. They could do stuff all over the place. That sounded more like George Bush than Bray Wyatt. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I, hey, I mean, man. EC3 is... He needs to go back to Impact, man. <laughs> like, he really does. Give him another 300-day, like, running streak where he never loses a match. You know, like I'm just curious. I'm just curious, man. I'm 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 wondering where this could go. But it also absolutely makes no sense because I'm like, maybe I don't know the storyline. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Why are they beating them up? But then why are they taking them? Uh, what the fuck? But I don't know. No idea. I don't even know if Scott Demore has all that money. I'm kidding. I know guys that he he doesn't actually pay for it. That was a joke. God. Was it Anthem that? piece for well we don't even know that anymore because like partial of that company got sold so they're they're still over impact right anthem yep they're the canadian um media conglomerate i guess i mean if they wanted to be real dicks they could buy the ring of honor license and just throw it into impact and just have all these stars Mm -hmm. uh but they haven't shown that they're going to put money in that company since like Billy Corgan and the Hardys left. So I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Dixie like Carter's Easy coming back. Is she? No, I'm just Can, kidding. Uh, oh, she would be a great <laughs> on screen. She would be a great on screen character for that show though. I mean, the show that does house of hardcore, like, like Dixie Carter coming back wouldn't be the worst thing that would happen on impact oh god or the reality show that they just tried again and then shit out on the ratings for it that oh that's what i was talking about i was okay is it not called house of hardcore what the hell do they call it the real i don't know real housewives for the impact stars so terrible (laughs) so bad it was it was bad i mean i get you have a show on thanksgiving but you could just like Maybe just show your best TNA matches that night or something. They did this. Oh, God. Impact is it's 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 been often on a trash fire for forever. But I would love to see EC3 return and have a good run there and, and maybe get inducted into their Hall of Fame, which doesn't really mean anything. But uh, I mean, he's he's a guy that should be in there if you're going to have a impact Hall of Fame, I would say. I agree. I would agree. And the thing is, if you bring more stars in, I'm starting to get more, you know, check out uh, more MLW because of who they brought in, including Enzo Amore and Impact. If they get stars, I'm going to check them out. NWA, same thing. So this unfortunate concept in which these companies have dropped this talent from Ring of Honor and WWE is now influxing the market. And it's a good thing, honestly, like we've said in the past, that it's not all going to. Um, AW, because that's not never going to fucking happen. But should we get to the other big thing that happened at the end of that tag match we were just talking about, Chris? Yes, sir. Let's go there. All right. Well, so Briscoe's win. Uh, they they embrace uh, their buddies that they've worked with for a long time, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. And, you know, everyone puts their hands up. Very baby face. Good shit. Lights go off. Lights go on. The very Midnight Express-esque music, that's on purpose, uh, is is playing. Uh, yeah, People are like, it sounds too much like the Midnight Express. That's what they're going for. They got the permission. Shut the fuck up. Um, 
Anyways, it starts playing, <laughs> and you've heard their entrance I mean, music now, the new one? Yeah, but, like, who cares? Like, Jim Cornette blows them on every podcast anyway, so, like... He, got, he gave them permission. <laughs> he, he, him, and, him and fucking, um, who they asked? I think they asked Stan Lane, because, unfortunately, Bobby's passed away. But, yeah, there's there's no problem with them using that fucking music. That's the point. It's <laughs> because they're influenced by... They're influenced, obviously, by Tully and Arn and the Midnight Express. If you yeah, don't like know that... Very... <laughs> it's so obvious. And Jim Cornette, like, he blows them on every podcast. Like, FTR cannot have, have a bad match, in Jim Cornette's opinion. He's like, that's the one team. They could they could go out and wrestle like an egg. Like the magical egg that, <laughs> and Jim Cornette. Oh would my be god! Like, I want them to do that fucking... now, just to see what his reaction. Is. God damn it, guys! Like five, you did it. Five star. Fucked up. <laughs> He's like, they wrestled that egg. They wrestled a shit on that egg. Do you see how those boys wrestled that egg? It was incredible. They wrestled. That egg. <laughs> also, FTR getting heat on a magical egg would be pretty, <laughs> pretty great. Oh, this oh, is nothing shit. against FTR, but like, man, like if you're that behind FTR, like who give, like why would you not be hyped? They're coming out to Midnight Express. That's their entire gimmick. Like, they should come out to the original fucking theme. <laughs> like, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Like, like I don't understand why people are mad about this. <laughs> like, are they upset or are they just like it is that theme? Like it's like Vanilla Ice and uh, <laughs> Queen or something. I, it, it was like I guess some like older fans that didn't get that would be tributary. I have no no clue, but weird people out there. But anyways, that music does play, like I said, um, and then the lights go on. Mike Bennett and I, I believe that they just disappeared. So it was like, what the hell is going on? And then the Briscoes are obviously talking shit already to two guys on the apron. Camera pans, FTR. They start beating the shit out of each other. You know, shit's getting trying broken up. Gary Silken comes out. You know, everyone's everyone's freaking out, basically, and uh, just sets up the opportunity for a future match. And I pretty much know at this point that it looks like the Briscoes have signed with AEW. So that's going to be, I'm assuming, the first, you know, feud. They're also both uh, tag champions in two different organizations. But they've been wanting this to happen for a long time. They've been in contact. They've, you know, on social media, revved it up. I can't wait to see the Briscoes, like I said, in a normal match and also if you want to do a brawl. But I definitely want to see them in the ring in a normal standard tag team match. Uh, just it's it's going to be fun, Chris, I would say. In the immortal words of Jay Briscoe, with simple mathematics, kindergarten shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> yes, I am looking forward to this so hard. That is an injection into that tag team division, which is already stacked, that would make me care about tag teams. Like, do you not want to see them beat the shit out of the Young Bucks? <laughs> Go after, like, exactly. Adam Cole? Like, the matches that they're going to have is going to be Have incredible. a banger with wide and powerful? Yes. I just want to fight on the farm. I want Papa. I want Papa there <laughs> to, to oversee the events. But like, man, I love the Briscoes so much. I'm so glad they're finally. It seems like they're finally going to be on a major TV product. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I guess time will tell. Uh, 
I went back and watched all Andre J and Mark promos earlier. It's great. The one they posted this week against FTR talking about Tony Khan landing his private plane in their cornfield was was pretty good. Jesus. They're like I don't know. They're they're different than everything else that's out there. And they always have been. And no one can out Briscoe the Briscoes. They try to do like redneck like characters, etc. But no one has ever been the Briscoes. They're the best at it. And they're damn good in the ring. I wish they would have been involved in that New Japan tag tournament that just happened, knowing that they were like already out of contract. Uh but if they're just going to AW, I'm down for that. And I, I'm down for another Jay and Mark fight on the farm. Hey, and you know who else is out of their contract? <laughs> Jeff Hardy. So why not the Hardy boys versus Dim boys on the farm or the Hardy compound? Let's go. Like, <laughs> I this this is not if they're going to go to AW. It's like when they're going to go to AW. Like when are they going to yeah, show dude. up? Which, which Brian uh, Brian Alvarez thinks next week. Couple other like wrestling or was it the wrestling with culture guy? I thought it, was, it thinks it's going to be next week. So we could see the Briscoes next week, which would be what a great Christmas gift that would be. I love the Briscoes so much, and uh, that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Here's a question. Did we talk about the Jeff Hardy stuff last week? I don't even remember when that happened. So, yeah, but more happened this week because he came out and they drug tested him after that show. He tested clean and he was like, I just don't want to fucking work there, basically, which was what I had alluded to. Yeah. So you didn't hear about this. No. So they drug tested they immediately drug tested him after that show to prove that he wasn't on drugs. He tested clean. And then they're like, Well, why the fuck did you leave? And basically fired him is what I'm gathering. They're just like, he's he's just gonna like kit. I mean, you can't deal with somebody just like running out of the <laughs> stadium. <laughs> but Jeff Hardy has shown uh, both Sasha Banks and R.I.P. Brody. Happy birthday, by the way. Uh, how to get out of your contract. Just fucking leave during house shows. Mid-match. <laughs> um, yeah, it turned, I mean, from everything that he was saying, because he did he did a thing with Matt and uh, talked about, like, testing clean with WWE, which the only way WWE would be able to prove that different if they posted all of his testing results or something which would be very shady and uh yeah i'm are you surprised by this because me and you were like it's one of two things he either like did relapse or he was like fuck this why the hell am i here oh dude i yeah i can't wait to see jeff show up in AEW. i'm reading it all right now that's ridiculous that's insulting then if Wow. I mean, if you watch the the house show mash, there's a lot of footage out of there. It's just Jeff selling for ten years to make a hot tag. He makes the hot tag to Drew McIntyre. He just fucking leaves, <laughs> which is like the most hardcore thing ever. And like, we we need like 
we're never going to get it, but maybe like four or five years down the road, we need the Jeff Hardy, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Broken Skull sessions where Jeff <laughs> talks about what happened during that time period. Where he's just like, fuck it. Because that's what I thought it was. Like, honestly, because he worked fine. Like, he wasn't – this is not like Victory Road where no. Jeff was cl- clearly fucked up. He's what in the there fuck? wrestling. Jeff was like on – Quaaludes or some shit for fucking Victory Road. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this was very different, right? And uh, it also becomes part of in this. And we've shit on this because we've talked about it in the past. This this is on TNA. Like you shouldn't let a guy go into the ring like that to begin with. And then have Ugh. Eric Bischoff come out and be like, "Hey Sting, we're gonna need you to beat this guy for real." Because Sting is the best shooter you have in your company. Um, like, this was not that moment. It was like, Jeff was just, I, I think he's just fed up with being in WWE and was like, fuck it, and got fired. <laughs> Good for him. You know how many people hate WWE and want to get fired? <laughs> like, Fire me. Like I said. I want to get fired. Like, Fuck Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks and Brody are like two great examples of like, please just let us off of our contracts. They're like, no, Kalisto is another good example of like, just let me leave. And they're like, no, now we know the solution. You just fucking leave. You just Jesus. like hit the hot tag and leave. Um, Maybe unprofessional Ugh. by Jeff, but uh, hey, if you guys are anywhere near him, Jeff Hardy is doing his acoustic uh, concert tour and doing autograph signing, so he's fine. And I'm assuming that he will be in AEW and uh, Tim Boys versus the Hardys. That sounds pretty good. Let's really like let, let's really quick analyze that. Okay, so we have in the tag division, we have the heart. If that happens, like and, and them boys, we have the Hardys, we have them boys, we have Pride and Powerful. We have the Young Bucks. We have FTR. We have the Lucha Brothers, who are the current champions. Uh, my God, who am I forgetting? I mean, it's like a million fucking great tag teams. Like, even the young ones, who we don't see a lot of. I mean, it's going to be nuts, I would say. I mean, for the past, like, let's say 15 years, you have the greatest tag teams on your roster, with the exception of, like, the Usos in the New Day. And if, if, yeah, they can, if they can, if they can, if they can convince and, and God, <laughs> like Shelley and, Gor- <laughs> and gorillas of destiny. Yeah. I would say, Oh if, God, if, that would be awesome. If too. they, if they can convince Alex Shelley to come out of retirement, which he just wrestled a match against huh, Matt Cardona, which we talked about earlier at GCW. I don't know if you saw that or not. I did not the know, choice but that's, beat- that's fucking awesome. Detroit's a B town, <laughs> according to Matt Cardona. It's great. I'll send it to you. It's it's good. But uh, he wrestled uh, Matt Cardona in the main event of GCW, and uh, man, they don't care about like hitting women on the GCW because she got the uh, like Chelsea Chelsea Green got the Rough Rider. <laughs> it was like the cleanest looking Rough Rider of all time, and I'm like, that's that move is so stupid though. Like Zack Ryder, get get good dude just do the elbow drop he has such a good elbow drop why is that not your finisher um <laughs> but anyways i'm sorry that's off context but like man that tag division is stacked 
It really but WWE is. doesn't care. WWE doesn't care. They got the Street Profits. They got the Usos of the New Day. That's that's the tag division. <laughs> that's a good point. And I love how they had a, a triple threat on Raw of like the best tag team with RK Bro. And it made sense. The two tag team champions. One's the makeshift. One's the Usos. And then the New Day. And the New Day won. That was a fun little uh, tag team match they had. But... I mean, I, I I would think Street Profits as a tag team is up over RK Bro, even though they have the titles right now. I'm just saying, those are their top three to me. Yeah, RK Bro, they're not even gonna. I don't think they're gonna follow through with their the Randy Orton storyline though. They're sending fucking Riddle back down to NXT to hang out with MSK, which that was really that was maybe one of the highlights of the show was the MSK Matt Riddle I, stuff. I wouldn't be worried. I wouldn't be worried about him being separated. I think he just did that as an extra thing, like as like a little goof. Because who the fuck's gonna be the ultimate stoner? I, I was actually expecting Rob Van Dam, but he's he's <laughs> he's, he's the shaman. He's the shaman. <laughs> God damn. All right, let's get to this main event, Broski. Uh, because right. do you think I I I I I would say it's the best match on the card. I thought the tag match was the best match on the card. That was a good one too. But this this easily second. You could you could like one and out. two. But the, the yeah you but the go away happy with the Briscoes winning the tag belts. That's it's hard to beat. So Gresham was supposed to go against Mandito. He got COVID. They stripped him of the title. the The original belt, the original Ring of Honor belt, was on the line, which is a nice little cool added part. I like. I like Gary Silken, you know, Triple H, I feel like got this from from him and a couple other organizations do this. I don't know if Tony does it. I think he sometimes does it. But I like seeing the person in charge out there with the belt, presenting it to the opponents and then afterwards, you know, being there to raise a champion, present them with the belt. I think that's kind of a cool thing. Uh, Very sportsmanlike. But I thought this was an awesome match. I mean... You have a technical monster who knows catches catch can wrestling. He knows uh, also martial arts and, so, and stuff like that. Jonathan Gresham hasn't gotten the belt back. I think he was supposed to beat Bendito. I think this is always going to happen. Him and Jay are best friends. They've definitely worked together. So they were going to have chem- chemistry. Um, and then Jay Lethal, who's an excellent professional wrestler. He understands the art of professional wrestling. I say more so than most people um, in all the aspects of it, high flying, technical work, all that stuff. So uh, great match back and forth. I was happy when Jonathan Gresham ended up winning the match. Just a great ending to it. Um, you know, Jay Lethal's not on the best track record win wise, but I don't think any of these losses, if you will, will hurt him in AW. I saw that a little bit online. Um, but Jonathan Gresham going forward. Being able to, it was already established, all those belts, people can go to other organizations. And he actually has a match, uh, I think tonight, Chris, at GCW for that belt. Uh, It's like a pure tournament rules for some reason, but it's for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Um, But just just a good stuff and a good ending, feel-good moment. You know, they're both babyface, so it didn't really matter. I don't think. And now Jay Lethal, they they declared this, goes off to AEW. And Jonathan Gresham is working with GCW. He's about to premiere on New Japan Strong and be a part of that organization. And he's opening up his own wrestling organization. So end of a bittersweet night 
absolutely phenomenal match, and I wouldn't expect anything less from Gresham and Lethal. I mean, goddamn. This was rushed because they had to finish before their 12 o'clock. I don't know if you noticed that. There were spots in the match that were rushed. Yeah, 15-minute match. Yeah, but outside of that, it was a really goddamn good match. And like I said, I wouldn't expect anything less. But does this make you want, like, Brian Danielson versus Jay Lethal even more? Because to me, it did. I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) Why why are we not having this match? match. (laughs) Like, that should be the match. And, like, I know people online were kind of poo-pooing Lethal losing. But like I did in our predictions, it was going to be one of the two. Either the Briscoes were going to retain or Lethal was going to win, right? Or, or, or. (laughs) yeah, yeah, had the choice there. Just send the fans home happy and uh, lethal lost. I don't think it's a, a big deal for Ring of Honor. Gresham's great. He's not an AEW, so to me, it doesn't hurt Jay Lethal at all. Um, and also, Jay Lethal can recreate himself. He's kind of like Chris Jericho in that sense. Like if he just wanted to show up as like Black Machismo uh, on AEW, he'll get that shit over. He's great. Um, so to me, I didn't have a big problem with the finish and, uh, this is, I I think we both picked Gresham to win, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it it was a a weird one, but mine was a toss up because I I thought they were going to go either or it was either going to Briscoe's are going to win or lethal is going to win. And, you know, Briscoe's won. I think the fans were already happy. So this was a good match. It was just rushed. And you could tell they thought they were going to have more time than they had because there's spots that are just like very, very quickly happening <laughs> versus where it would have been spaced out a little bit more. But outside of that, it was a great match. I like the tag match more because I like the finish a little bit more. And, and the the idea of FTR versus the Briscoes is fucking great. Like Papa Briscoe yelling at Tully. That's Top tier on my level of shit. I, I don't care who you are. I smack you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like top top tier on my list of shit I want to see. Uh, maybe even him yelling against the who's the guy from America's top team. <laughs> oh yeah, Dan Lambert. Yeah, like he'll pop up a Briscoe versus Dan Lambert. I'm in for that. Uh, but yeah, it was like it was a good match. I I feel like it sucks their their time got cut short. I probably would have did a 30 minute match with those guys and maybe cut out that eight men, that eight man match that no one cared about. Yeah, probably seems like it should have done that, man. But uh, just a just a good ending. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, though, going on, like we've already said, you know, people being able to defend those belts, whether it be the TV one, obviously, whether it be the tag one, the women's championship. You know, they all can be defended uh, outside and other organizations. And like I said, Jonathan Gresham's he's already got one uh, pure tournament rules at GCW of all places for that belt. Um, but, yeah, it's it, he's going to probably he's going to New Japan strong. I think that that will primarily become his focus, I'm assuming. Um, God, dude, that so- roster is getting built more and more and more prominently with him, filthy it's, will Osprey, Jay, uh, Jay, uh, whites. Yeah. That roster is stacked and that might be one of my favorite shows to watch each week. 
honestly. I have to start watching it. Strong shit. It's uh, it's really really good and uh, Gresham versus Filthy Tom, that'll be great. <laughs> like it really put on, will be put good. Put both belts, put both belts on the line because <laughs> Jesus, they're uh, they're incredible. New Japan Strong. If you guys aren't watching it, definitely that is my recommendation of the week. That and Sanford and Son. It's uh, it's up on Netflix. You can watch all the or. Amazon or Hulu. It, anyways, they have all the seasons of Sanford and Son, so check that out. Hell yeah, dude. I like Sanford and Son for sure. Let's talk about Wrestle Kingdom and um, Shibata. Whew. So we got a little bit of information. We'll go over the two nights. They haven't uh, disclosed information, I, I believe, on the third night. What sucks is that me and Chris realized that uh, this is during the fucking week. Why? Why do they got to do this to us, Chris? It's already in the middle of the damn night. I had, night. To, cash no. <laughs> I had to cash in vacation time already the first of the year. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not missing Wrestle Kingdom. Okada, your boy Okada's on night one. I can't miss that. <laughs> um, so... Oh, Jesus. Why did they do it? I mean, I know why they did it. It's probably just opening of the Tokyo Dome and a bunch of COVID protocol. But it is weird that it's like a Wednesday and a Thursday. And then they're like, and then we're coming back on Saturday. Jesus. (sighs) All right. Well, still, I'm going to end up watching it. And I'm just looking at this card. It looks awesome. This is Wrestling Observer, but I'm going to assume... Most likely that what they have is the bottom goes to the top as far as the matches go, because, I mean, I know they're not doing the fucking heavyweight title match. But what I'm saying is, just like Wikipedia, I think this is more accurate. But if it's not in this order, do not get mad at me out there. But let's go over the match itself. Yeah, uh, Wrestling Observer does the top, the, the bottom to top for the card. Okay. Just like you would see it on, like, a poster. So it, it's always going to be that. All right, um, Yo and Show. I know that obviously I don't remember which one of them uh, turned, but they've been having this rivalry, so they're having their Sean and Marty match. These guys are both excellent in the ring. I'm uh, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a couple of these first matches in here, and then we'll talk specifically about the last couple. Then we have uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, Rasuki uh, Taguchi, and Rocky Romero going against Kenta, Ishimori, and El Fantasmo. See, I love a ELP. I love all the guys in this match. So even though it's a three-on-three match, it's still going to be fucking fun. Um, but yeah, those those first two matches, Chris. Uh, Yo and Sho, and then Tanahashi, Taguchi, and Romero versus Ishimori, uh, ELP, and Kenta. Those, those are some pretty uh, fun stuff, you know. Yeah, I, I got Yo in the first match and uh, Tanahashi with the high fly flow winning the second match. I'm I'm gonna go with I, I think Yo should win and that would be a good win for uh, either either Tanahashi wins or Kenta wins for his side. That's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna assume. Um, first night first night at Tokyo Dome, you're gonna get go against Tanahashi. You're brave. <laughs> hey, you want to put okay. five bucks on that one? No, 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 I, I don't, especially the way that you say it, douchebag. <laughs> yeah, high five flow for the W on that one. 
All right. Um, Tetsuya Naito, Sonata, and Bushi are going against. Well, Wrestling Observer has Will Ospreay twice. I'm assuming it's Will Ospreay, Great O'Conn, and Jeff Cobb, since that's the faction that's been around uh, for a minute with them. But, God, I, I don't know who to think would win. I, I would. Naito has a, has a match by himself against Jeff Cobb the night, next night. So I'm going to go with Will Ospreay, Great O'Conn, and Jeff Cobb. Jeff will beat Sina or beat Naito, and then he'll beat him in the singles match the next night. New Japan kind of tends to do stuff like that. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on this one. I think Will Ospreay might get the the actual finish on the match because yeah, they're building sense. up to him. Um, but yeah, the, I mean the build up is is to the next night for this match for sure. All right, so we're going to go to the next match. Uh, this is the uh, Ketsushori uh, Shibata match, and we don't know who the other person is. Ket is already on it. I mean, a lot of the people that you would think would work is already on it. Is uh, Kota Ibushi still injured, Chris? Yes. He but is. does that mean okay. he won't work? Does that mean he won't work a match against Shibata? Those are different questions. I feel like Abushi would point. wrestle with a broken fucking leg, <laughs> like given the opportunity. Uh, no, he's still. I think he's still concussion protocol. Turns out getting dropped mm. on your head a bazillion times uh, is not a good idea as a wrestler. There's anyone. a really good. Uh, yeah, there's a really good like I. I I don't normally do this, but like go check out Wrestling Observer Live. Uh, they talked about um, the their inductees this year, and Ibushi was on the list. And one of the one of the comments was like, "I think I've seen the best Ibushi matches I will ever see. Like I don't think they're going to get better." And if you look at Ibushi's career, you're like, "Yeah, probably not." And uh, to hearken that home, Kenny Omega's like. I knew the the way I wrestled in the ring has a lifespan. So seeing these guys change their styles and, and where they go from there, that's like kind of more important than the actual performance. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. Uh, it would be crazy if it's Moxley. Against um, Shibata? Yeah, why not? It gives Shibata I'm an gonna... out. He doesn't have to take a lot of bumps. He can brawl. It could be Jericho. I would say like my my top guys would be like Moxley. Um, but they're not gonna do Kingston. Um, Moxley, Jericho, or uh, maybe even Evil uh, to some extent. And and Moxley could show up here. I mean, I don't know what his rehab's doing, and I wish him well health, obviously, but. Uh, this would be a big ass match. Shibata coming back. It's not going to be Okada because he's in the title match. So, uh, which would have been my go-to is like, well, Shibata versus Okada is obvious because you could just have Okada sell the hell out of the entire match. Uh, but like, dude, Shibata made me cry <laughs> reading the Japanese translation. He's like. People are saying, like, you might die in the ring. And he's like, I might live in the ring. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude, Shibata is the best baby face of all time. <laughs> he's like, you don't understand how much this means to me. It's 
It was the best. The press conference of Shibata announcing that he's going to wrestle again. I don't care. He had wrestled like Yano, and I wouldn't care. <laughs> like, honestly, after that promo, it was so good. He said, uh, at part of it at least, uh, I just, and this is the th- thing that New Japan put up. I just made my declaration to return. I'll leave the rest up to New Japan. Obviously, they confirmed he will be uh, on the first night. That's what we're talking about right now. I suppose I'm in the uh, place right now. What I want to say, I'm not going to uh, ring to die, but to live. Uh, To be frank, only I know my condition. I've been consulted with doctors, and now I'm here. That's how I feel. I'll leave the rules and regulations up to the company. I'll go with the ring as usual. I just want to compete in a New Japan ring. That's never changed. Only I know my condition. Well, just watch me and you'll see. So my 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 guess is, Chris, if it's within the company, since we you know it doesn't make any sense for Kenta, it doesn't make any sense for Okada. Every everyone basically is in a match. Um, God, I. Maybe it is Kota Ibushi, but I, if we're doing outside of it, you know, I think it's either going to be Jericho. I think that would make a lot of sense or like I've suggested, because he has a similar story and it would just be great. It would be one of the things he's trying to do within his career, you know, go to the Tokyo Dome. If you having a match in New Japan at Wrestle Kingdom, if this happened, Brian Danielson, the American Dragon against Shibata. Uh, great story, I think, could be told. Especially if he cranks on Shibata's neck and and gives like him a brain buster, that sets up for like Okada being like, "Look, man, I beat the guy, but like you're an asshole." So that would be a great storyline and in a good match. Shibata's been training people for the last two years, so I feel like he's gonna be okay <laughs> over here at the. That like, could be California another thing. Dojo. It could be like an up and comer that he feels comfortable with that's worked at the dojo, like one of his projects, maybe. I mean, who knows? Whatever he's comfortable with, I'm down. But if if to me, if it's the American Dragon versus Shibata, that would be fucking mind blowing. Uh, or Chris Jericho. I mean, stuff like that's pretty fucking crazy. Or K- Kota Bushi would be awesome. Yeah, the only reason I, I, I thought of Jericho immediately is because his character is more brawly. The same thing with Moxley in New yeah. Japan. So it it would save whatever Shibata would have left in the tank. Um, but you could also do the, uh, you, you could do filthy Tom. If you're trying to get eyes on the product, like he trained in that. Dojo. Cool he's, he's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff they could do, but I'm assuming that's going to be a big name. Uh, so like, Brian is a good one. And, uh, Jericho is probably a big one. Who's also touring in the UK right now. Right, so why hey. it? Well, I mean, kind of lines up. He'll probably go home for Christmas, and then right after, it's 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 time for the show. I just assumed that I would hear more for Jericho challenging Shibata and it would making headbutt jokes. I would say. Yeah, if Jericho goes in that like talking about how like Shibata almost killed himself as a heel. He will be the biggest heel of all time in Japan. <laughs> like, That's a good point. <laughs> there, there all is right, so let's... much uh, that you can do with it. Yeah, definitely. And they could, they could definitely, uh, 
have a lot of fun with it for sure. Uh, all right, so never open weight championship. I mean, we've seen this a bunch, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It's for the never open weight championship, like I just said. Tomohiro Ishii against Evil. Like once again, Haas battle. I think this is going to be a fucking awesome match and could end up being one of the best matches uh, on the card. I would say the first night, uh, given the amount of time and stuff. So uh, I don't know. I'm maybe I'm 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 leaning more towards Evil taking that belt, just because it's it's a good belt. It's raised certain individuals, or at least maybe individuals raise that belt. Uh, like if Tomohiro Ishii has it. Goto, uh, obviously uh, Minoru Suzuki, certain people, Hiroshi Tanahashi, they bring a prestige to the never open weight. I think Evil could do that too. So I don't know. What do you think, Chris? I got Ishii um, on this one, but like everything you just said makes a lot of sense. So uh, it's a toss up. It'll be a hell of a match. I'm assuming they're going to get 30 minutes on this one. Yeah. Who, who, that's that's evil, a good amount of time. Is Evil married? She's He's married to Kerry Hojo, right? Uh, Kerry Zane, no. sorry. No, he's married to... Um, there's another New Japan wrestler who's married to uh, Kerry Hojo. Um, but he's married to... Uh, fuck, what the hell's her name? Uh, damn it. Io Shirai. Oh, there it is. Um, well, that's not going to happen. I was going to say if it was Carrie, if it was Carrie Zane, maybe you could see something cool like that happen, but, uh, they're, they're definitely doing a stardom crossover, uh, night two specifically. And it's going to be on the main card this year, as opposed to the opener, which will be cool. Uh, so that, that's the only reason that came to, came to thought. Oh, I gotcha. All right. So the IWGP tag team titles, uh, the Dangerous Techers, Zack Sabre Jr. and uh, Taichi going against uh, Chaos, uh, Goto, and uh, Yoshihashi. Um, I, said, I just said Taichi and Yoshihashi in the same setup. So I and Goto actually. I don't. I love Zack Sabre Jr. and I hope that his team wins, but I don't really care about the match, honestly. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just one of those New Japan matches. It would be great if they pulled one of the new members of chaos like a orange cassidy to japan i would be interested to see how over that would be in japan it'd be very interesting i'm surprised that they don't have yano going against orange cassidy uh. <laughs> orange cassidy's serious now yeah that's right i forgot all right uh the, <laughs> yeah the iwgp uh junior heavyweight uh, championship match. Uh, El Desperado, Romu Takahashi. I know El Desperado won that not too long ago. I want to see Takahashi since he's come back from his career. I, if he has a chance to fucking either retain or especially win the title in the Tokyo Dome for, you know, uh, at Wrestle Kingdom, yeah, give him the belt because it's it, we're lucky that he's wrestling. He's another one. Yeah, I have Takahashi here as well. I just, I feel like it's a big moment um, for that for the show in general if he wins. So I have Takahashi, and also who doesn't love Takahashi? He has he has cats sometimes. I wonder if they also, puke on him when he's doing a podcast. Also, most hilarious thing of all time is him like just randomly walking through Naito promos. <laughs> Yeah, that shit this is funny. Cat. 
All right, so the World Heavyweight title is on the line. IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Shingo Takagi versus Kazuchika Okada. Uh, I'm going to say Okada, but I don't know. I I really don't know on this one. But I'm going to say Kazuchika Okada, Chris. I'm going to go with Okada as well, just because he's already lost two times. And they're, I mean, he, he's not going to win the title off this because the actual title is up the third yeah. night, I want to say, because they're doing like a triple main event. So like, even if Okada wins, he doesn't necessarily win. I think they might put the belt back on Will Ospreay, honestly. So that, that would be my pick of overall cha- New Japan champion. But I feel like Okada is probably going to win here. I'm going to go Rainmaker 47 minutes. <laughs> so write <Yeah>. it down <laughs> definitely think that could be a very good prediction alright so night 2 on January 5th kickoff match will be announced at 4pm local time so we don't know that slot yet then there's the IW Junior Tag Team uh, title match the champions Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask are going against uh, Taji Ishimori and El Fantasmo, and going also against uh, Taguchi and Rocky Romero. Um, I don't, I love you, Rocky, but I don't like Taguchi, so I don't want your team to win. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Bullet Club. I'm going with Ishimori and El Fantasmo in this match, Chris. Same. Uh, I'm gonna go with Bullet Club on this one as well. Should be a good match, though. All right, I can't really comment on this match because I don't know, unfortunately, the performers. But it is a stardom match, which is what Chris was referring to. Mayu Awatani. I'm really sorry, guys, if I butcher this stuff. Mayu Awatani and Starlight Kid versus Tam Nakano and Saya Kamatani. I like the name Starlight Kid. I'm going to go with that, Chris. Watami uh, is one of the few female professional wrestlers that has a five-star performance on Dave Meltzer's book. I'm assuming they're going to win here, and, pro- and probably in in like a big way. Um, but I'm, they're only going to give them like ten minutes. I'm just happy they're not going to put this on the pre-show this year, or they said they weren't going to put it on the pre-show because that was like one of the big things from last year is like. If you're a New Japan fan, you know there's not a lot of female wrestling, and they did this last year with Stardom, and they just put it on the pre-show, essentially. It was like basically a dark show match. Well, um, why wouldn't they have the, the main title on the line from Stardom? Like a championship match. It's New Japan. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good point. I don't really know what this <laughs> means, Chris, but it says... Four-way match for the KOPW 2022 trophy. There's no there's no people stated, but I don't even know. I guess they're doing a tournament right now. I have not kept up with Stardom enough to know no. what that is. Oh, I'm not even oh, sure if it's Stardom or if this is uh, New Japan. I have no idea. Oh, this is the... Um, they just did the tag tournament. Is this a tag? K-O-P-W. Yeah, is this the end of that? I I thought they finished that tag tournament, so I I don't know for sure. 
Uh, who's in the match, I guess, would be a better question. No one. No one's been, uh, I guess it's a tournament still in the making because there's no one announced for it yet. Yeah, I, I don't know this one. This might be something okay. new. Uh, they did. They definitely just did the tag tournament. Um, but it's New Japan, so it's, uh, I, I don't know. Okada, he's weighing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the never open weight six-man tag team titles, Hiroki Goto. Yoshihashi and Yo versus Evil, Yoro, uh, Takashi, and Sho. Um, I'm going to go Team Bullet Club because it's Bullet Club. But I think this really comes down to if Yo wins the first night, the other person is probably going to – their team's going to win this night. Like I said, opposite, but New Japan tends to like to do that. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. Um, yeah, this is a toss-up. And I'll, I, I probably will skip this match and watch it later. <laughs> Honestly, it seems like there's a lot of these matches I'll probably skip and watch later because I'm going to be watching them at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. our time. Jesus, that's just ridiculous. All right. So Sonata, Great Ocon. I'm going with Sonata. Uh, I like Great Ocon as a look, at least. I haven't seen enough of his stuff in the ring, but it's fucking Sonata, man. You know? I'm gonna go with Great O'Connor on this one. He's like well, strangely he's strangely over. So go with the Great O'Con. We'll do opposite picks this time. That way like we're it. both right. <laughs> exactly. I, I like I said, I always appreciate that aspect. Uh Tetsuya Naito <laughs> versus Jeff Cobb. Naito's gotta get a win, man. Um I think it's gonna be an awesome match, but I think Tetsuya Naito's getting a W uh, against Jeff Cobb. Oh, man, this is hard for me because they pushed Jeff Cobb really hard in G1. Um, this is the first Naito match. In- Cause, Cause he wasn't in G1, so I'm going to go with Naito. Unless they're going to be a few now. Yeah, it's hard to say because they really did push Jeff Cobb pretty hard in G1. I mean, I know he didn't win it, but uh, he was undefeated for a while. So uh, this is a toss-up for me. I'm, I'm going to go Naito just because like, I like seeing him throw shit into convenience stores. Exactly. That, that should be the answer because of that. IWGP United States Championship match. Tanahashi's had this belt for a while. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenta. I'm gonna go with Kenta. Does he have to win every night in the Tokyo Dome, Chris? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking with Tanahashi on this. He's like their Undertaker, so I'm gonna go All with Tanahashi. Right. The big one, IWGP World Heavyweight Title Match. Uh, the winner of Takagi and Okada will be going against Will Ospreay. We both said Okada. So basically, Kazuchi Okada or Will Ospreay, I'm going with Okada. Fuck it. I'm going all the way. <laughs> I think they were giving it back to Osprey. All right. Well, so it should be a good match either. I mean, all of the, all of these matches will be really good, but the the main events they have lined up will be a banger. Even if it's Takagi that gets here, that I mean, Osprey versus Takagi, that'll be a great match. And whatever this night two match is, uh, just go ahead and know that it's going to go over 30 minutes. 
No shit. Honestly, I'm going to change my 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 uh, idea because I think Will Ospreay's beaten him. I think two times in a row now. Uh, if I'm if I'm correct, um, I don't know. I think Okada's going to lose, and Okada's going to come over to the U.S. for some weird reason, and Will Ospreay will get his title back. I'm actually going to go with that. Yeah, I, I, that's the main reason why I'm going with Osprey, but I do think he's going to beat Sakagi because that feud's not done. Um, so yeah, same thing. Osprey is teased coming to he he's been in New Japan strong, so we'll see. But uh, they've definitely teased the hell out of Okada in, in AEW, so I don't know. Do you want Okada to have the belt more than him showing up in AEW? That's the real question, I guess. Showing up in AEW. Because I want him and everyone wants him and Kenny, and obviously that won't happen anytime soon because Kenny's out for the time being. I want him and Brian Danielson. To me, they're two of the best wrestlers of all time. They've never met. Um, I got to see the two of them in the ring together, uh, putting a match together. Jesus. I mean, I think that that leads into what we were talking about earlier with uh, Brian Danielson. If he shows up and he just beats the absolute hell out of Shibata to the point where Okada is Referee stoppage. Yeah, and Okada is offended. Uh, That sets up a good good feud. Yep. All right, well, our last news item... A lot of people were wondering what was going on with Kevin Owens, and he will remain Kevin Owens. Um, he just signed for three more years. Uh, he will be making two to three million per year. And um, I know that a lot of people are going to want me to poo-poo this, and I'm sure some people understand, and some people just don't understand, and I get it. But I think, and I mean, this is across the board. Most people that I listen to from Dave Metzler to fucking Jim Cornette, whoever, think that Kevin Owens made the best um, the best choice for the situation. How the hell are you going to turn down two to three million per year to not go against the opposition? He's gotten a pretty big push as of lately, and I think that's also why they've been using Sammy a lot, and this also could mean that Sammy could be staying even more so than beforehand. Um, I don't know, Chris. I just think that this was a smart idea. Uh, I have some stuff that Kevin Owens said that I have pulled up, but we'll go into that in a second. Uh, I love KO, and I hope he actually gets the title and the four-way match for the belt with him, Bobby Lashley, um, Seth Rollins, and the champion himself, Big E. I think it was possibly going to be Seth Rollins, but I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if KO has that belt. Uh, he's been a staple in the WWE. I, I don't think we've liked everything that they've made him do, but uh, he's staying there for the next three years and getting two to three million to fucking do it. I I I wouldn't do that if I had a family and he's a family man. So yeah, good on Kevin Owens. I mean, as a just a wrestling fan, I would have loved to have seen him in AEW. Uh, if I'm being a selfish asshole, but if you're gonna get offered like <laughs> a million dollars to wrestle like you're Brock Lesnar territory at that point. So it's like Tony Khan's not going to match that offer. Vince may regret this and fire him like six months later. 
because that is a lot of money. It's the same reason he fired uh, Braun, is you overpaid him. So we'll see. I'm assuming they're going to put the title on Kevin and uh, set up something with him and Edge going forward. But it's uh, – I don't know. D- does Sami Zayn make the same mistake as, like, the Good Brothers made <laughs> – You know, because what are they going to do with Sammy outside of this Brock stuff? Which has been great, by the way. <laughs> what if Sammy wins I don't know. the Royal Rumble? <laughs> it's Sammy Zayn versus Brock Lesnar at Mania. Let's go. Well, I love that last <laughs> night. And you know, Sammy, Sammy actually made a lot of sense. He's talking to, he's talking to the authorities, basically, uh, the villain um, Pierce, and he's like, look. I got fucking ragdolled by Brock Lesnar before the match. Can I at least get an ice? Like, you know, the, the IC belt means a lot to me. Can I at least be put up in that? And they're like, we're going to, we're going to put you in something. And it's a part of a gauntlet match against like seven other people. That's going to be next week uh, for the number one contender of the IC belt. But honestly, as a heel and just a character, Sammy's doing some of his best work. Uh, I think he should get the fucking belt in the future. He's like Xavier Woods. They probably won't, but they probably fucking deserve it at some point in their career. I would say Sammy has earned it as being one of the best NXT champions of all time. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. I think there's a good buildup. They wouldn't do this, but if I had to book it like based off what they've done with him and Lesnar, he wins Rumble. Lesnar beats Roman for the title, and the, your match is Sammy versus uh, Lesnar, and you set up something else with Roman because insert random name John Cena could show up, right? Like it doesn't matter who Roman's facing; Roman's still going to be the amount of over if he has the title or not. So it would be really funny to see like Sami Zayn somehow cheat his way into winning the Rumble and then have to face. Brock Lesnar for the title at Mania and then actually give him a good fucking match, which he would. Uh, I mean, fans are going to be pissed when Lesnar wins, but <laughs> that if they're trying to build their Brian, like their new Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn is the guy. He's always been the guy. They just fucked it up really, really hard for a long period of time. I, I feel like if he, you know, if he beats Lesnar at Mania or something like that, if he somehow wins the Royal Rumble and wins the title, um, that'd be incredible, right? You would pop for that. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely be down for that. Um, but uh, let's continue with this stuff. So this was the uh, comment that Kevin Owens said. I'll just say that my contract will uh, still ends on January 31st, but not 2022. Uh, I will still be in WWE for several years. The decision was pretty easy because it was the best thing for my family, really. When it comes to that, I always, it's always a pretty easy decision to make. WWE has been my home for seven years now, so I have a sense of belonging. Basically, I spent a majority of my career here. When you look at all the wrestling companies I've wrestled for in WWE, that's where I've been the longest. That's where I need to be for the next few years. That's how I felt, and that's the decision I made. This sounds like I really want to go to AEW and hang out with my buddies and do some fucking cool shit, 
But what, what you, you think I'm going to fucking turn down two to three million dollars for three years? Come on. Don't be stupid. That's what I heard throughout that. But not only that, man, I mean, I make this comparison all the time. I really feel like WWE, in sometimes good ways and bad ways, depending on the situation, really, Vince really kind of sees Kevin Owens as the modern McFully. And I think they have a lot of comparisons for a lot of reasons, you know. Uh, them coming up being very heelish on their, if you will, their non-WWE days coming up like that, and really entering first being a bad guy in WWE and then becoming a really endearing baby face that you know is going to be one of the best workers in the match, even though he obviously doesn't have the best body, but is just a badass, will put his fucking body through ridiculous shit in order for a match to look good, even if he's not going to fucking win it. You know, that seems like a mentality that they both have and they're both family men. And they, you know, I think that Kevin thinks of that first and he should. Um, no offense to Ric Flair, but it's kind of the opposite perspective that he had in the 80s. Uh, it just seems like KO wants to make sure he's doing the best decision for them. And then three years from now, we'll see what the fuck happens. You know, he didn't sign a five year, so it still can happen in the future. But I think this is a smart decision overall for Kevin Owens. Any final thoughts before we go into the last uh, remaining news item involving WWE? No, I mean, good decision by Kevin Owens. I mean, go where where you're going to get paid the most. And uh, I know his son is a big John Cena fan. He's talked about that in the past and WWE fan in general. So, like, when you, when you think about family and and all that, it definitely has to like have weight on your decision, but it's a very easy decision if you're going to pay you two like one to two million dollars a year for three years. Um, because Vince McMahon could change his mind and fire him in six months, but he's still getting that million dollars. <laughs> so it's uh, I, uh, he is a weird character. I think the McFoley is a good comparison, at least for the way they treat him in the ring. Um, they must have some kind of good plan laid out for him, for him to sign the contract. I, I'm, I'm guessing cause like what Jericho makes under a million for AEW and is one of their highest paid people. <laughs> if that's true, guess who's talking probably to Tony Khan very soon in the future. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you get what I'm saying. Like if if, yep. if WWE just offered offered him enough money, he'd just be like fuck it, it's not that bad here. <laughs> um, I mean, take care of your own. And 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 Kevin Owens has never been a guy that really shit on WWE um, as much as some of the other people. And I don't know. Maybe we'll get a good Kevin Owens title run. I I don't think we will, but it's possible that he will get the belt at this uh, pay-per-view coming up in that four-way. I don't know what that title run is going to mean, but uh, I would assume that Sammy is going to stay pat just because they're best friends. Could be wrong. It'd be great to see Elgineer go back out there. Uh, but, yeah, it's it, it's weird because this one I thought was like a foregone conclusion, but I didn't think about, like, if you throw enough money at something. <laughs> Because like he's like Undertaker Lesnar contract. If he if, if what they're saying is true, if he's making like one to two million dollars a year, that's like Undertaker Lesnar. That, that that's what Undertaker was making 
that's what Lesnar is making. So that that is a lot of fucking money um, for one wrestler. And so you can't even even if Tony Khan saw that contract was like, <laughs> nope, you can't even be mad at Tony Tony Khan. He's like, I have well, my own shit going on over here. Because there's a big risk in giving a talent that much. I mean, you know what you're doing. If if Tony were to have done that, he'd have to deal with the same thing that Vince is going to have to deal with. The rest of the company. And actually, also AEW, some, like we said, Jericho being like, hey, Kevin Owens is awesome, but he's getting paid fucking $2 million. What the fuck? You know, I'm sure Roman's <laughs> making around that much. Uh, but that would make me, if, if, if I'm Roman Reigns... And now Kevin Owens is making the same as me, and I love Kevin Owens. I'm just saying that. But Roman Reigns is like one of the flagship people. I'm going to Vince and saying, I want 2.2. I don't give a shit. I want more than him. Like, you know, uh, preferably three. Like, it just seems like it's going to cause an influx in people asking for races between the big companies, especially WWE. Yeah, I mean, that that's the, that's the big caveat, right? Is like, uh... And also, like... Kevin Owens going to AEW would be great, but that roster is stacked. Yep. You know, we just saw this with Jay Lethal. Like, what would he do when he, once he got there? And it's Kevin Owens, so he'd get over it and probably be fine. But, like, it that would probably be a lot of stupid cool. comedy shit with the Young Bucks for a while. That's what I'm that's what I'm guessing. And, and and maybe he realized that he's like I'm already at the top of the card here. Why would I go there, etc. But I mean, you could if you took Kevin Owens and you just had him demolish the Young Bucks and Adam Cole and and set up a feud. There's ways to do it, but like two million dollars is a lot of money <laughs> for for wrestlers. That I mean, can buy a whole hell of a lot of uh. Well, what do they eat up there? Poutine. P- poutine, <laughs> yeah, poutine. yeah. Gravy fries, disco fries, as they call them in Detroit. Do you uh, like do you like poutine pie? I like poutine fries. I mean, gravy and cheese. It's pretty solid. All right, well, let's go but into yeah. our last item. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was I was gonna say, are you a little sad that he's not going to AEW? A little bit. But as long as they treat him well, (laughs) I just said that out loud. As long as they treat him well, God damn it! Well, that was going to be screw him over. That was going to be my next question: Is like, if you're going to pay the guy that much, is he get a big push for a little while, and then goes back to obscurity or where they're using him beforehand? He's basically. I'm sorry. There's him. Finn, there's certain guys there that will be at a top level, but they won't really go the full mile with them. Um, I just feel that way. Yeah. It's weird that Kevin Owens is one of their best heels, and he just turned heel like a month ago. So <laughs> maybe maybe that's why they're creeping him around. I don't, I don't know. That's the weird part, but. Hey, man, if Kevin's happy, I'm happy. I like Kevin Steen. I, I would have loved to have seen him, you know, maybe have a match against Kenny Omega in AEW. Or yep. him and Sammy versus the Young Bucks. Like, because they're going to feed him the same stuff that we've seen a bazillion times. I mean, unless Braun Breaker's going to show up and kill Kevin Owens. <laughs> like, otherwise, we're going to see the same matches I've seen for the past. I wonder. Kevin Owens 
has said that one of his dream matches that he's always wanted to have is who, Chris? Another huge guy in the company that's never worked with them. I don't know. You got me on this one. Brock Lesnar. Like Kevin's worked for the. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm a, yeah, because he got beat by Goldberg. That's right. Let's maybe we could be that. looking at. <laughs> not this year, that. but maybe next. I don't know. Maybe we could be looking at a Brock Lesnar, Kevin Owens situation. Because what. All right. So if Brock loses to Roman Reigns at day one ish, which I think he is, where the fuck does Brock. Is Brock going to go against him, I guess, again at WrestleMania and lose a third time? Wait. Yeah, lose a third time? I don't think Brock's losing. So. Well, should we talk about that whole thing? It kind of set up more for that with <laughs> babyface Brock. So last night, Brock was great on the mic once again. Just a lot of fun, just ridiculous. But it's more about what happened at the end of the night. Roman Reigns made his anticipated return in the night's uh, main slot. By the way, thank you, Bleacher Report, for your stuff uh, with the Usos and his special counsel, Paul Heyman. Tribal Chief admitted... He can look past Jimmy and Jay's failure uh, for losing uh, the week previous because they're blood. Uh, he then said Heyman isn't the same. He asked Paul if he knew Brock Lesnar would be at SummerSlam or Madison Square Garden. Um, why are you protecting Brock from me is a question. Heyman, fighting back tears, admitted he's not protecting Lesnar from Reigns, but Reigns from Brock Lesnar. Reigns fired his special counsel and rocked him with a Superman punch. Before he could do any uh, further damage uh, with the steel chair, Lesnar made the save, wiping out the Usos and delivering two FIs to both of them, or to each one, one to each one of them on the outside, and then two to the head of the table to close the show. Uh, so now we have babyface Brock Lesnar with babyface uh, Paul Heyman going against Roman. <laughs> It's an interesting dynamic, but uh, definitely I, I enjoyed this whole segment, and I was finally like, all right, finally, you fucking knock Paul Heyman on his ass, because obviously he has some shit up his sleeve. But here's the thing, Chris. I don't. I think this is all manipulated by Brock Lesnar. As much of a, a, a schmuck, uh, not even, that's a bad word because of his, his uh, you know, Jewish stance. Anyways, as much as an asshole as Paul Heyman is, um... I don't think he meant for any of this to happen. I think that that Brock got, you know, uh, got fucking the Godfather paranoid, and uh, he killed uh, Fredo basically. Uh, but still, I think this is gonna end up with fucking Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman back together to go against the Tribal Chief. So I'm down. I am also down. Also, you shouldn't feel bad for calling Paul Heyman a schmuck because he makes a like a bazillion Jewish jokes. Like, didn't he just make one last SmackDown? I just forgot. I think schmuck is not something that you're supposed. To, I don't know what the fuck. I'm just trying to be, just trying to be PC, guys. Don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> don't hurt us. We're just a we're just friends talking about wrestling. Um, now watch next week. Paul Heyman's gonna call Roman Reigns a schmuck or something. <laughs> uh, he's got some smits on his shoulder. Um, this will be great, man. I've been looking forward to this. I thought they they maybe pulled the trigger early on Paul Heyman. I I thought yeah. they were gonna. 
do some kind of match where Paul would get involved one way or the other because it's WWE, which may be good for them if if, if they're just like, no, he is full send on Brock's side. Um, that's awesome. So, do you think Paul Heyman's going to catch like a super kick from one of the Usos? Because <laughs> Paul Heyman selling is like one of the best things of all time. Uh, oh, he looked like he died last night when he got Superman <laughs> punched. Yeah, like him going through the table. Remember The Rock put him through a table in the Brock Lesnar Rock match? Yep. That's one of the best things of all time. So, uh, I mean, this is going to be a good match. I, I have Lesnar winning. Could happen. Definitely could. I mean, shit, Roman's had that shit for over a year. Uh, I mean, it's it's great. This kid. I wonder if Ro, like Lesnar feels the same way about this because he's always been kind of offish about wrestling, and and that's one of the things fans point out is like Lesnar is not like he doesn't really love wrestling. He doesn't want to be here. But like watching Lesnar the past few weeks, it seems like he's having the most fun of his entire life. So if if somehow he has become this huge wrestling fan and is going to stick around for a long period of time, like there's way worse things you could do than put the title on this crazy Brock Lesnar. He's like fucking Brian Pillman, but Brock Lesnar He's talking about murdering mooses and like. Oh, my God, that was awesome. <laughs> like, it's great. He's great right now. Like anyone that's like Brock Lesnar can't cut a promo. I'm like, bro, you haven't watched SmackDown the past three weeks because Lesnar's on another level right now. <laughs> I mean, it's what you would expect from Lesnar, but adding the crazy element to Lesnar. And I hope they don't take that away and, and just like Paul Heyman's your mouthpiece again, because it is fun to see this version of Brock Lesnar, right? Like, he's not the best on the mic, but he's crazy. <laughs> he just talks about living in Manitoba and hunting mooses and shit, which is great, because that's who Brock Lesnar is. So hopefully they it don't is take great. that element. Hopefully they don't take that element away from him. I don't think they will. I think that they've got something pretty good going. And we'll see. At day one-ish, who wins? I could see it going really either way, but... It's been a fun storyline. They might have been a little bit early with it, but there is also the possibility, Chris, that Brock gets with Paul Heyman now, gets a championship, sticks around, and then at WrestleMania, Roman builds his way maybe by doing whatever, either Elimination Chamber or Royal Rumble possibly, and gets back for Brock and Roman at WrestleMania, but now Roman is fighting Brock for the title. So could you, could happen. Do you- do you want my bold prediction on this? As lo- if, if, if it's brave in the bold or, or bold in the beautiful, <laughs> sure. Okay, so match ends. John Cena, Brock Lesnar again? Is that what you're John saying? Cena, John Cena, anyone. Whoever wins up, ends up, whoever they put the title on. But they need something for Mania, and John Cena, uh, like, based on the numbers, he's the only person that moves the fucking dial at this point. Yep. So don't be surprised if you see John Cena at the, the Royal Rumble. And I love John. Or so this what is if not- it's, you know, you got Brock Lesnar. He's, he's down, uh, but he won the title. He beat Roman. He gets up. He raises that damn title. Paul Heyman puts his hand in the air, and then you hear, 
And then the hologram of fucking Hulk Hogan comes to the ring. That'd be crazy, right? It's gonna happen one day, guys. Get used to it. We're gonna have hologram Dude, legend be... matches. You know how amazing it would be to see Lesnar selling to like a hologram. <laughs> oh my god. I would pay to see that. That that'd be how Lesnar proves all the internet wrong of how good of a worker he is when Lesnar starts selling like Hogan punches. <laughs> hologram Hogan punches. All right. We're I think off we should end it on that. <laughs> I think we should uh, hit the fucking buildings with the train and just say thank you guys so much for listening to Wrestling Geeks Alliance. It's been an absolutely fun episode just talking about a bunch of stuff with my good friend Christopher Brother Ray Patton. Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people out there today. Goodbye to all the lovely people out there today. Uh, Christopher dot r dot patton on facebook and chris uh chris what is it chris patton on twitter yeah chris patton on twitter i think uh yeah i got some stuff on soundcloud if you like music check that out and uh message us about wrestling man we want to hear your thoughts and opinions on the show so love talking to you guys and uh, pass it over to dane I'm, I'm out of words words is hard words is hard as stuff all right i am dane elves at uh, Facebook, Danales42 on Twitter. Hit me up. Let's have a conversation. Um, and yeah, you guys have a great day. And as always, let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you. And of course, peace out. Go see the new Spider-Man. And if you haven't seen that fucking match with Brian Danielson and fucking Adam Page, go see that too. Peace out, guys. Have a good one. Time is up, yeah, the time is now, now. You can't see me, my time is now. Froggy Fresh, he money maker Mac, a Christmas song. First thing on my list, go figure, it's a brand new John Cena action figure. Second thing on my list, guess what, it's a really cute girl with a really cute butt. Mike said, Froggy Fresh, hold up. Mom said, you're not allowed to touch a girl's butt until you're grown up. That's right, I forgot about that rule Not allowed to touch butts until you graduate from school But that's alright Cause third on my list is a brand new John Cena watch for my wrist Now we're moving on to item number four It's a brand new John Cena poster for my door Check check it out y'all Item number five is a brand new John Cena car that I can drive Well I can't really drive it cause it's too small but I could if I was maybe like this tall Christmas, Christmas, come check out my wish list Have I been a good boy? That's none of your business I just want some good toys, can I get a witness? Got all of my homies yelling Christmas, 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 Christmas Come check out my wish list Have I been a good boy? That's none of your business I just want some good toys, can I get a witness? Got all of my homies yelling Christmas, Christmas Item number six on my list is on lock Gotta get that super hot John Cena lunchbox so tough 
the thing is made of steel. No more using brown paper bags for my meal. Item number seven is like a bite of heaven. I could probably eat like 10 or 11. Checked up in my stocking and guess what? I found me a brand new box of Betty Crocker Fudge Brownies. Item number eight, player don't hate. It's probably the best toy in the whole state. An item so hot it can make the snow melt. It's a brand new John Cena wrestling belt. Now I gotta think about what I want from grandma. How about a brand new pair of John Cena pajamas? And one more thing I want even though I already have it is the best CD of all time, Illmatic. Christmas, Christmas, come check out my wish list. 